All right, Jack Vasovic here. We're live for a special live impromptu session of Thought Crime. We are here. It is debate night. Now, normally we do these on Thursdays. This week, we are doing it on Wednesday. So right now, we're in the pre-debate setup. But I want to also let you know that we've got a bunch of the gang. Everyone is here. So let's go back over to Phoenix, who we got there in the hot seat. Andrew Colbert. Right <laughs> Andrew's in. Uh, I'm in. Uh, Blake, I'm in sunny South Dakota, where it feels like it's Phoenix because it was 106 degrees today. But uh, I guess that's oh, so, and then so we're waiting on Charlie actually, to show up. Neither of you guys are actually in Phoenix then, huh? Nope, nope. We're waiting on uh, we're waiting on Charlie to show up. Uh, I believe uh, he's. I can't remember where he's at right now, but he'll be in in time for the debate. I think so. He's coming. No, I think he's he's, he's coming. He's, finished he, up, but he's got like a. I think he's doing family dinner for a little bit, but then he'll be here in a minute. No, Charlie will be around. So, and then we've got producer Andrew as well. Yes, sir. Here I am in uh, the West Coast, holding down on the West Coast. Can you guys see me? Hear me? Ah, there I am. Yeah, yeah. Now I got you. Oh, the um, West Coast. You guys get rain or what? Did you get hit with that uh, with Hurricane Hillary? It was just a great little drink for the plants, Jack. It was fine. Much ado about nothing. It reminded me of when I went to uh, Israel and they they told me I was going to get like blown up by a terrorist bomb or something, and everybody was living happily as could be, and things were fine. So, anyways, and then did you, I don't know if you saw this, Jack, but all those images of Dodger Stadium that was totally it, they have a almost like a reflective concrete top, so it looked like it was. Flooding, but Dodger Stadium's completely fine in Los Angeles. So, unfortunately, God will smite them eventually. <laughs> yeah, no, it's good. Um, we, we, uh, Jack, we got a lot to unpack tonight, but you made a special request in the group chat, and I think it's a good one. Um, you're going to give us an update on what's going on in Russia before we get into all of the debate night stuff. So, as the, as the, as people file in, as the stream builds, tell us about that. Right. So uh, we had got news and this was just as I was going to air with human events at the 2 p.m. Eastern show today that um, essentially uh, there was an assassination. It seems like an assassination of Prigozhin, the head of former head, I should say, of the Wagner group, this mercenary group that had been involved in uh, years of, of operations with the Russian military or alongside the Russian military uh, in Syria, in parts of Africa, and then most recently in Ukraine. I think most famously, uh, they were involved in the taking of Bakhmut, uh, the city which, which ended up being a strategic choke point for a lot of the Ukrainian forces. Uh, while Ru So they were fighting out that battle while Russia was uh, building their defensive lines and counter defenses throughout the entire area that um, the entire area that they are able to control since uh, since the invasion of Ukraine last year. So Prigozhin led this uh, activity, right? This this about two months ago today. Some people said it was a coup. Some people said it was a fake coup. Some people said it was a mutiny. It was hard to say outside exactly what was going on, whether or not it was real, because he sends these tanks up uh, through this, these main highways, main thoroughfares of Russia, and then eventually uh, says that he's going to not take out Putin, but he's targeting some members of the Russian High Command, the Kremlin High Military Command, uh, Sergei Shoigu, the head of their government, or head of their military, rather. And so uh, all of a sudden, Putin says, okay, turn back, 
and no harm will come to you. Charges will be dropped. We're going to send you off to Belarus. We'll send you off to Africa. You'll do other things, but ever, all, all will be forgiven. All will be forgotten. Or so it seemed until about 2 p.m. today when um, when his, his aircraft was shot out of the sky outside of Moscow. And uh, pretty much every source has come out now, Russian, Ukrainian, Western, all saying that it looks like this was shot down by an anti-aircraft missile. And so uh, it seems, it seems as though we got our answer as to whether or not the coup was real or not. Well, I think we saw there was a sort of a foreshadowing of this for anyone who's seen, seen the movie The Godfather, where he's like, all right, you know, my brother-in-law, I'm going to send you into, into exile in Las Vegas, and you're just not part of business anymore. And, uh, I think anyone who's seen that remembers how that ended. I think Prigozhin uh, unfortunately lived out the ending of that film uh, right in the whole world. Hey guys, can you hear Blake, or is that is that just on my end? Nah, Blake, Blake, you're you're cutting in and out, buddy. Yeah, uh, well, that sucks. Well, <laughs> I know after all that, we'll, we'll 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 have the tech team work with you, Blake, and get back. Hey, Tyler Boyer joins us. Tyler, give us an update. You're in Wisconsin. Привет, свой вас. How are you doing, Jack? Things are looking ugly in Russia, huh? Очень хорошо, очень интересно, да, да, очень интересно. We should just do the whole thing, just really confuse everybody. Do this, do this whole thing in like Russian, broken Russian, the entire time. You're not at the at the debate. Why don't you fill in the audience here for us? Every, everybody's chopping up here on me, but hopefully you can hear me. Uh, yeah, I'm here actually in Milwaukee. Um, I, I tweeted out a few weeks ago that even though I'm on the RNC, uh, I'm I'm extend my boycotting the debate because I don't think that any real conservatives should go support Fox News. So uh, so I am in my hotel room hanging out with you guys on live stream here tonight while everybody's down watching the vice presidential debate at uh, Pfizer Forum that's just a couple blocks away over here. So, But I'm, I'm here in, in Milwaukee for RNC meetings that are in conjunction with the debate that's happening. And uh, yeah, it's just been really interesting. It's been really funny to see everything kind of playing out here uh, while, while we've been in Milwaukee for the last couple of days. Uh, you know, I, I think that it's just like, it's such a clear in a way situation now where everybody's just like understood that this debate and everything moving forward is, is really for the second spot. And so it's gonna be really interesting to see how the reaction is because I, I, I got a couple of things that I think are gonna happen. Uh, Blake's probably gonna disagree with it, but uh, we'll, uh, We'll go and we'll see how that works. So I don't know when we want to jump into it. Well, then we've also got to talk about the fact that we we have Tucker and Trump, which is going to be launching in about 15 minutes here. So we're going to have to see if we can uh, get some of that before the debate starts to see whether or not we can get some some clips, have some salient moments here, because, of course, he's asked about his decision. And Tucker released a little trailer of it earlier, just a one minute clip. Uh, so this was recorded several days ago at Bedminster and there was that moment where I think one of the staffers posted a selfie with Tucker and then she had to delete it, but people kind of, you know, the cat was sort of out of the bag at that point that Tucker had been up at Bedminster to record this interview. It looks like Trump was asked why he didn't uh, decide to go to the debate. And of course, we already knew that the charges were imminent. I don't know 
if they knew that the in, the arraignment would actually be happening tomorrow, so that one day after the debate. Uh, but now, of course, we do know that, and that really is going to be the big elephant in the room tonight. Uh, you know, these candidates are going to be on stage in an eight pack of of these guys. Uh, and gals who are going to be trying to have their breakout moment while at the same time they know the front runner of the entire thing is being indicted by like a local prosecutor tomorrow morning or tomorrow afternoon. Yeah, I mean, uh, guys, this is just a reminder for everybody that's just joining too. Charlie's going to be joining us here live in just a little bit. So uh, we're, we're excited for. So what what's coming up? So, uh, right. guys, Andrew, what time is, is is Charlie? Do we think joining before we jo jump into this thing here? He'll, he'll be he'll be joining on. He'll be joining on in a couple minutes here. I'm told. But either, either way, I want to break down. Can you guys hear me okay now at this point? Uh, up no, little. unfortunately not. Actually, it's it's still pretty it's still pretty choppy, man. Mm -hmm. I feel like. Uh, All right. If you guys can hear me, maybe. But... Nah, it's still still choppy, like 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 Caitlyn Jenner levels of choppy. Yikes! I think I, <laughs> I think Rumble's uh, sabotaging all these other feeds so that everybody watches the debate on the live stream. Well, Tyler, you're you're there. Um, you were going around today a little bit. Can you give us some color? What was it like on the ground? What was the mood? What was the sense you were getting uh, down in Milwaukee? Let's get a little report from on the ground. So the RNC's meeting today it was a little it was a little crazy. Um, these things are always crazy, but they're doing the debate over at the Five Syrup Forum, which is where the M Milwaukee Bucks play. So everybody's kind of shuttling over there. They they went over there about five five thirty is when most everybody went over, and so they've just been kind of chilling and camping out. But I've been really surprised. There's really not that many uh, members of the media that are here. So I know they were all getting set up probably over at the forum. But I was expecting a whole lot more to be wandering around. It's going to be really interesting to see what happens tomorrow. I actually think tomorrow is going to be the most interesting day here in Milwaukee because everybody that's hanging out and hanging over are going to, uh, all the media, everyone else, are going to be wanting to get reactions. And again, like I said, I, I'm ditching the debate. We're, we're, we're watching it here together and commenting, commenting on it. But, you know, I just think that this whole thing's stupid. I mean, there's... Um, you know, I'll, I'll just give you my take, and I've, I've tweeted this out quite a bit and talked about this. I think the RNC completely screwed this up. Um, there's two reasons for that. One is nobody likes Fox News. Everybody hates Fox News. What they did to Tucker was disgusting. They tried to silence Tucker Carlson. And so I'm so happy to see Tucker just, like, sticking it to Fox tonight uh, with Trump. Like, that's that's an incredible thing that, that they're doing. And, and good for Trump for uh, not just going along with, you know, kind of the corporate Fox media that like really hates us all. Um, I, I think that that's a, that's a big deal. The second thing though is this, is most people don't realize this, but the sponsor, the key sponsor of this debate outside of Rumble is an organization called Young America's Foundation. And the Young America's Foundation uh, was the original youth organization that kind of came about in, in, big, in a big way during the Reagan years. It, before that, it was really got founded in the 60s, but then took on new legs in the in the 80s and beyond that in the 90s. They really dropped the ball and just became this kind of just like, uh, you know, for all, all our listeners, our viewers, to give some context, they became like kind of this neocon light type organization. Anyways, 
long story short, they're a 501c3, they're a nonprofit, and they're sponsoring this Republican debate, which is totally crazy to me. But Mike Pence, after he came out of being vice president, basically went to work for them full time. He became a fellow of Young America's Foundation, of YAF, and he was getting paid to be a fellow and speaking and doing all this stuff. So I think it's absolutely insane. You know, it doesn't matter that it's, you know, Young America's Foundation and they hate us because, you know, they're a bunch of neocons and they're, they're mad that, you know, Turning Point got bigger than them and everything else. That's not the point. The point is, is that any organization that's paying one of the presidential candidates that's going to be on the stage, you know, shouldn't be, shouldn't be one of the sponsors. So between that and Fox News being being sponsors, I think it's totally insane uh, that everyone just is, is should be just be cool with that because it's not cool. And uh, that's part of the reason why I'm not there. And Tyler, so I do want uh, I do want everyone to know that we are going to be posting. We're going to you know, if the technical uh, side of this works out for us, we have 15 minutes out, but we are actually going to be streaming the debate here. And this is because Rumble also has the digital rights to this stream. Now, we know that Fox News and uh, this has been widely reported at this point is is making some claims that uh, you can only show up to three minutes of the debate if you're on another stream, that uh, only certain portions will be allowed or three minutes, two times. Um, yeah, that's ridiculous. Uh, we have a thing in this country called the First Amendment. We have a thing in this country called fair use. We have a doctrine that is fair use for user reporting and commentary. That's obviously what this is. And when it comes down to it, I don't think there's anything more newsworthy than a debate for the office of the presidency of the United States. These are longstanding, uh, longstanding and well-known uh, standards within the United States system, and we intend to uphold them. Amen. Can you guys hear me now? No. Still breaking up. You're, you're literally like, it's like, what if Darth Vader was a retard? We don't use that word, Jack. What, Darth Vader? Because he's black? It's, it's different. Uh, all right. Differently. No, remember, Vader. Darth Vader was black. Well, he was he was black and white, right? So he was black when he was like the robot. But then when they take the helmet off, it was a white guy inside all along. He was yeah, black on the outside and white on the inside, like Obama. Yeah, basically. Charlie was Charlie was having some fun talking about that today on Twitter. Talk about it, Jack. He got some uh, he got some he got some comments about a certain tweet about that earlier today when you know, he was basically saying there was a you know there was a you know that 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 he said it's okay to be white. In fact, it's great, and you can be proud of that. And there's nothing wrong with being proud of that. And a lot of people were attacking him. A lot of people saying, "No, no, Charlie, you're not allowed to talk like that." And and you know, I saw other people responding saying, "Okay, um, well, would would you say that to any other group in the entire country? No, of course you wouldn't." And so I think it's an interesting debate that Charlie has sparked here, and I've been making some posts of my own because look, this is where we're at. If if we've decided that identity politics is going to rule the roost, then then you know what? Fine, lean in, lean in, and give them a little taste of their own medicine. As far as I say. Yeah. Um, so wait, Tyler, walk me through something here for a second, because you said the, the Young Americans Foundation is is hosting the debate, uh, but that's a 501c3, and this is a partisan event. So correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think that's something you're allowed to do. You guys, everybody has to understand like the background of this thing. So 
Yeah, part of the reason why the Republican Party sucks so bad is that you got all of these beltway organizations that have existed forever that basically do a whole lot of nothing, right? They've just, they've taken, yeah, you want to talk about organizations that are grifty and grifters, like basically this entire sentiment of grifting comes from consultants that are in D.C., that live in Washington, D.C., and what they do is they basically take a buck that gets donated by a donor and they pass it around eight times until everybody takes a cut and then what's left is just a small percentage and this is what's totally insane this is and this is actually something that charlie and i talk about all the time and we try to avoid you know a turning point and everything that we do is you can't have all these consultants involved in your business you gotta you gotta every donor dollar that comes in has to go directly back to the people and that's what we've done uh, i think so effectively at turning point and turning point action turning point usa and turning point action is every dollar that comes in we put directly back into programming well you know we actually have bodies out there we've got the largest field staff we've got hundreds of people all across the country and so it's really a frustrating when you see organizations like young america's foundation who basically did nothing they're known because they bought the reagan ranch and they've been operating that for years and that's a and god bless them for that that's a that's a great thing but you know they were supposed to be the vanguard for years of the youth movement with conservatives and i'll tell you when i was in college which was about a decade ago a little over a decade ago um i you know i couldn't get in, in touch with these people i couldn't get help i couldn't get support and you know allegedly they were telling donors that, that they were the preeminent force that was helping college kids and young conservatives get on their feet and and you know, you look at you fast forward to today. So the guy that used to run it, he got kicked out and they put Scott, they installed Scott Walker. who we, we love Scott when he was a governor and we worked with with his family pretty closely on a number of different things years ago. Uh, but, you know, he's kind of become this this squishy guy who hangs out with Doug Ducey and Mike Pence. And, you know, and, and he took this job, this gig at Young America's Foundation, where he's getting paid hundreds of thousands of dollars to virtually do very little. And they decided, hey, this is our comeback moment. We got to sponsor the debate. Well, there's only one problem with this, guys. A 501c3, a nonprofit, can't do partisan activities. And in fact, this is like a really great spotlight on the great work that Charlie's done, that we have done at Turning Point. Andrew knows all about this because we spend all of our time worrying about this is we, we don't do anything partisan on our C3 side. We do nothing. We don't, we don't even have... Uh, you know, candidates running for for office for president speak as a C3 at the C3. And so it's mind boggling that Young America's Foundation is sponsoring a partisan debate because they're probably going to get busted by the IRS significantly. This is like a really dumb thing to do. And, and I'll tell you why it's frustrating, because like, again, if I was just a nasty person and I hated you know, Yaf and was like, oh, those neocons good, you know, stick it to them. I would say that, but the thing that's frustrating. By is the way, make- I'm, I'm all for bullying neocons. We, we should we should be bullying neocons as much as possible and as often as possible. Yeah, yeah, but but here's the deal: they're making the entire conservative movement look bad because we all look stupid when organizations that are C3s make glaring mistakes like this. And and trust me, they're gonna get hit. I, the the guys at the IRS, there's like a bunch of people that the IRS are ready to to you know, you know, smack back on this thing because they sponsor this debate. 
it is just so stupid. And so, anyways, that's a little bit of like the background of what's going on here. So I'm looking around, I'm seeing this like there's you know C3 sponsor stuff on partisan debate. Like we would at Turning Point, we would never do anything like that. At Turning Point USA, we would never do anything like that. And it's just so funny to me that's like they're they're probably gonna end up getting well, majorly for this. Hold on, Tyler. Tyler, the the key is that Yaf actually pays one of the contest or the 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 candidates that's going to be on stage tonight, namely Mike Pence. It, it's not even that they're paying one of the guys. Like it would be one thing if you're paying Doug, right, Doug Burgum, but like, like nobody cares about. They literally pay Mike Pence, who's like the most detestable character in the conservative movement right now. I, again, you guys realize this: the the sponsor of the debate tonight on Fox pays Mike Pence. How is that fair? Like, how is there any way that that's fair to all these other candidates? I mean, they probably no, vetted the the this, the questions through Mike Pence. I wouldn't be. No, I mean Tyler. Let me have your back on this really quick because the fact of the matter is. <laughs> I have been in all Andrew, these. You're, you're coming through with like a megaphone right now. I don't know if your audio is cranked or what's up. They have in the booth, but it's like it sounds like a like a like a, you're, you're not choppy anymore. But now it's like a like a military commander in a 2000s like video game. Tyler, let me talk to you a little bit about Mike Pence. Sarge, you, you need to destroy now? the enemy guns. Wait, Blake, you're can you hear you're, me now. Blake, you're. Yes, I can. Wait, Andrew, go ahead. I'm here. Can you hear me now? I know, all right. Yes, I can. Can you hear me? Can you hear me now? Yes. I, yeah. Wow. All yeah, right. Everybody. I can. I can actually endure got everybody. There we then. go. <laughs> All, All right. right. Let me. Can but, you guys um, hear do, me though? Yeah, we can. But I know we only have a couple of minutes left until the debate starts, and I wanted to get this clip in of Trump and Tucker that we promised everybody. So let's get that in because, guys, this is this is. Yeah. This it's is a huge 90. moment, a huge moment for everybody. It's clip 90, a huge moment for the country. We've got the two, the, the best moderator in the country and the front runner for the primary who won't even be there. Let's play that now, clip 90. Why are you at the Fox News debate tonight in Milwaukee? Well, you know, a lot of people have been asking me that. When you say there are people on stage who shouldn't be running for president, who do you mean? Whatever happened to Mike Pence? He's out there attacking you. What is that? Do you think Epstein killed himself sincerely? Do you think we're moving towards civil war? It's good to have you at Bedminster. It's very nice. I love it. You're saying they stole it from you last time. Why wouldn't they do the same this time? Oh, well, they'll try. They're going to be trying. Mitch McConnell was trying to get senators to impeach me. Crooked Joe Biden is so bad. He's the worst president in the history of our country. I don't think he's going to make it to the gate, but, you know, you never know. It started with protests against you, then it moved to impeachment twice, right. and now indictment. Are you worried that they're going to try and kill you? Why wouldn't they try and kill you, honestly? They're savage animals. They are people that are sick. So do you think it's possible that there's open conflict? I, I can say this. There's a level of passion that I've never seen. There's a level of hatred that I've never seen, and that's probably a bad combination. We're doing this interview, but we'll get bigger ratings using this crazy forum that you're using than probably the debate. Wow. So, so there's a lot there. Right. Obviously, the the silver uh, civil war comments are uh, going to get a lot of play. I really want to hear what Trump's full answer is. But can we just talk about how absolutely clean Tucker's logo looks? Andrew, you seeing this? I love that logo, Tucker X. That's the Tucker good part Tucker about X. X. 
took her on that's X. the good it's, part it's, about it's like it's the drug that he's on he's taking x <laughs> and it's making him it's new vengeance tucker he's got nothing right. to vengeance lose tucker. i love that tucker asked the questions that we we all secretly text about in our chats right like all these chats we're a part of well it's he not got, secret think, anymore we, now. we asked we ask we ask the question openly do you think trump's going to get assassinated he asked it i mean we talk about that kind of stuff because we're we're Trump, we're dude, watching Trump, this regime there's a lot of conflict so in America. Do you there's a lot of conflict in America? Do you think do you think it's time for civil war now, Trump? <laughs> I mean, it's a big question. I mean, obviously we Many we people are asking peace. this. We we advocate for peace. We advocate for keeping the nation together. We don't want to lose this beautiful thing. Uh we're not on team like rebel, right? We're not we're not trying to take up arms. But the, but at the end of the day, it's a question that's out there. Civil war? Are we? Are we at a national divorce? And I, I just, I mean, hat, hats off to Tucker for for going straight at it with, which a lot of the polls would lead you to believe the number one candidate for president in the country right now, who's under indictment four different times, two at the state level, two at the federal level. Um, you know, bravo! I, I'll I can't bet, wait. We're I'll gonna bet. clip. By the way, by the way, everybody uh, watching on the live stream, we are going to be clipping Tucker live. We're going to pull out all the best parts, throw it up here. We're going to react to it in the middle of. The debate you're going to be able to watch the debate and we're going to take some of the clips when they're right and throw them up so we'll just we'll just put Chris the Christie's we'll put talking. the videos up anytime asa hutchinson is talking because exactly yeah it's basically well, I, we yeah, promise we're, we'll we're do, gonna do what we can you know it's it's double duty right so we're gonna do what we can folks so i guess i feel bad like we've basically been prepping for half an hour and we haven't actually said anything about the debate itself do we, do we have anyone we think is going to surprise during the debate itself like is it just is it going to be desantis versus vivek and do we have a favorite of those two and why wouldn't it be vivek here's what's gonna happen <laughs> here's what's gonna happen in the debate ron desantis is not a good debate guy he's not a good debater i hate that word debater not a great debater uh and he is absolutely going to crumble with everybody focusing on him. Vivek is, I mean, we've seen him. He's like a freaking genius when he speaks. And so he's hes, he's going to be able to work himself out of this whole thing the entire time. So I think Vivek is naturally going to be the person because he's impossible to attack. And he's already the, the insurgent candidate. DeSantis is already flailing. He can't debate. And then Chris Christie's going to absorb, he's going to suck up all the air in the room, and he's going to inject himself all night long. And uh, I don't know if you guys remember this eight years ago when when uh, those, some of the, the people that were on the stage would just, like, inject themselves. They'd be like, oh, oh let me talk, like, like John Kasich and stuff. They would just start doing that. Chris Christie's probably going to do that. So he's just going to become d detestable. Like, he's already detestable, like, as, you know, as, as he is. Um, you know, he's like the guy at the front of the line in Dunkin' Donuts that's like buying four boxes of donuts and he's taking forever ordering each one. So, like, he he's going to be hated by everybody by the end of this thing. That's my that's my guess. Christie's only purpose for being at this debate was to be like the one guy who would just really energetically attack Trump, and Trump's not there. So, what's he what's he gonna do now? Well, I think I think what what what. I haven't heard from anyone on the DeSantis side is 
is that nobody's really taken a direct target on DeSantis ever in person. Uh, you've seen, by the way, sometimes people in the audience will get up and ask him hard questions, and he, he kind of has a tendency to to snap. He has a tendency to be very snippy. Um, I, think, I, think he's, I think he's thin-skinned. I'm just going to say it. I think he's thin-skinned. And I think you have a real possibility that if Vivek is just going at him, you're going to have a potential situation like... Um, do you remember when Tulsi Gabbard absolutely brutalized uh, Kamala Harris at, I think it was, you know, I don't know if it was the first debate or second debate, whatever, but she just went in and like kamikazed herself to blow up Harris completely. Um, you could see DeSantis have a situation like that, either with Vivek uh, being the one to, to just lay him out or potentially DeSantis imploding because of his own personality quirks. And that's something that I haven't heard anyone on their side even discuss whatsoever, even in these leaked memos. So what, what do you guys think? Hey, Jack, can you hear me? <laughs> yeah, yeah, got you. What did we have hey, a little? So, so I got a call there? from, and, and by the way, the debate's about to start, and we have our first Tucker clip coming. Uh, so just bear with us on that as a live show, live live uh, stream. So, you know, bear with us on some of this. So, uh, here, I got a call from a reporter the other day. For those of, in the audience who don't know, part of my job is dealing with the media, dealing with the press. Um, they asked me, what does success look like for those on stage? And my answer was simple, remain viable in 2028. That's what success looks, looks like. Here we go, we're, we're just getting started. Apparently it's uh, Black Rifle Coffee Company is in the corner, that's interesting. Um, can, guys, can we, can we actually up the sound so that the audience can hear? Here we go. The battle as they battle for the GOP nomination. Good evening, everybody. I'm Martha McCallum. And I'm Brett Baer. This is the very same stage on which the Republican choice for president will accept the party's nomination next summer. The eight contenders are positioned by the order they sit in the polls, with the highest polling candidates in the middle standing center stage. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. <laughs> Former Vice President Mike Pence. Former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley. Former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie. South Carolina Former Arkansas Governor Asa Hutchinson. And North Dakota Governor Doug Burgum. Some ground rules for tonight. We'll ask the questions, and then candidates get one minute to answer. Uh, if someone is singled out, you get 30 seconds to respond. And when the time runs out, we all will hear this. <laughs> Very pleasant. <laughs> <laughs> so tonight, these candidates have a big opportunity to break out of the pack and to explain why they are best prepared to be the Republican choice for president at a time when the likely Democrat nominee, President Joe Biden, is working to convince the country that with Bidenomics, things are looking up. They call my plan Bidenomics. I'm not sure they meant it in a totally complimentary way at the time. <laughs> but guess what? It's working. But is it? 
More than 65% of Americans say the country is headed in the wrong direction. And here's the reality for some voters we talked to here in Wisconsin this week. We have noticed a dramatic increase in prices at the grocery store just across the board. Gas is high and food is high. It's a lot of people out here homeless because they can't buy food. It's tough when you got mortgage rates at 78% versus 2 to 3. It's just you can't afford the house anymore. It's inflation is, is ridiculous. It's killing us out here. As we sit here tonight, the number one song on the Billboard chart is called Rich Men North of Richmond. It is by wow. a singer from Farmville, Virginia, named Oliver, Oliver Anthony. His lyrics reference. speak of alienation, of deep frustration with the state of government and of this frustration. country. Washington, D.C. is about 100 miles north of Richmond. So, Governor DeSantis, why is this song striking such a nerve in this country right now? What do you think it means? Our country is in decline. This decline is not inevitable. It's a choice. We need wow. to send Joe Biden canned. back to his basement and reverse American decline. with understanding we must reverse Bidenomics so that middle-class families have a chance to succeed again. We cannot succeed as a country if you are working hard and you can't afford groceries, a car, or a new home, while Hunter Biden can make hundreds of thousands of dollars on lousy paintings. That is wrong. We, we also cannot succeed when the Congress spends trillions and trillions of dollars. Those rich men north of Richmond have put us in this situation. And finally, we need to lower your gas prices. We're going to open up all energy production. We will be energy dominant again in this country. I showed it could be done in the state of Florida. I pledge to you as your president, we will get the job done and I will not let you down. Thank you. Governor Christie, do you agree with Governor DeSantis just said there? And why would you be better on the economy Here we go. than him? Well, look, I do agree predominantly with what Governor DeSantis just laid out. And I think that if you asked every one of us up here that we would agree predominantly with what he just laid out. Here's the difference. The difference is that we're going to have to work and make sure that we sell these ideas. And we able to be able to put ourselves in a position where we get a majority of the vote, not only by winning the Congress and the Senate in 24, but also by having someone who's had the experience of doing it. Now, I was elected as a conservative Republican Yawn. in a blue state with 61 percent of the vote with a Democratic what was, what was your approval when you left? Time. And we still, through hard, strong decision making. Tucker, brought them Tucker around just to Trump our point of view. If we cut taxes in New Jersey. He was worried that they we were going to kill him. In New and, Tucker, Jersey. and Trump responded. We made sure that each and every time we were confronted with bad Democratic ideas, we stood and stopped them. And when there were good ideas, we brought people together to make progress going forward. 
truth and accountability are the things we need to do to fight waste. And I'd say the last thing is this, Brett, we cannot sit by any longer and allow the kind of spending that's going on in Washington, because every dollar they spend is a dollar that these people are not allowed to spend on their children and their grandchildren. It's robbing our country and it's wrong. Well, Governor, let me just follow up very quickly. New Jersey, when you were governor, had the second lowest credit rating in the nation after Illinois, and it was downgraded 11 times. Yep. Yeah, and, and <laughs> that's what happens when you inherit a blue state that has done that. But when you look at what we did on debt, Brett, in that state, we cut debt in that state, debt that had been left to us by three Democratic gubernatorial predecessors of mine who ran up that debt tremendously. And what you also saw us do was to cut the unemployment rate in half. It was over 10% when I became governor in 2010. What we also did was cut pension payments to public employees to make sure that taxpayers were not being soaked by a public employee union system that was killing the taxpayer. Thank you, Governor. Governor Scott, I mean, Tim Scott, Senator Scott, excuse me. Uh, the song also goes after welfare programs. As a senator, now President Biden, argued for freezing federal spending, this was back in the 80s, and dealing with sacred cows. He does not talk about that anymore. You have been a senator, though, for 10 years. So what have you done to rein in the increasing size of government? Well, thank you for the question. Over the last several years, I've had an opportunity to vote against spending package after spending package after spending package. What we also need to understand is that Joe Biden's Bidenomics has led to the loss of $10,000 of spending power for the right. average family. When you see 16% inflation, your gas is up 40%. Your food is up 20%, your electricity is up 20%. We can stop that by turning the spigot off in Washington, sending the money back to the states and allowing the decisions to be made at their own houses. I helped write the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act in 2017. We cut taxes for a single mom like the one that raised me by 70%, for dual households by 60%, returning to the average family $4,000. If you talking about to what he did with Trump. We can't spend it. That's good news for the American people. Okay, but just to, to follow up, you did, during the Trump administration, you approved uh, $4.4 trillion, $4.1 trillion, $1.7 trillion over the course of that administration. That's a lot of money. There's no doubt that during the Trump administration when we were dealing with the COVID virus, we spent more money. But here's what happened at the end of our time in the majority. We had All right, I was just low praying. unemployment, was just praying. record low unemployment, three and a half percent. Growing my head in solemnity. Population 70-year low for women, African-Americans, Hispanics, turn, and Asians. Turn Tyler up a little bit, studio. All-time low, but our inflation that? was yep. at 2%. Under Joe Biden, we've seen the exact so opposite. We've seen... Inflation explode, which led to 12 Federal Reserve increases. That's devastating home buyers today. Mr. Ramaswamy, you're listening to if these I, answers. If I may, oh, I mean, hold that on was one second. Our we're, we're going to, we're, so I, I don't know if I get a chance to respond. He didn't mention you specifically, but we'll be with you in a second, Mr. Vice President. Uh, Mr. Ramaswamy, listening to all of this, why should voters choose I, you I, I over more experienced politicians I, on this stage? Mike, Mike Pence uh, just got shut down. You know, a blank slate for people. You're 38 years old. Uh, you've said that you only voted in two presidential elections before this moment, this political race. Here we go. So first, let me just address a question that is on everybody's mind at home tonight. 
who the heck is this skinny guy with a funny last name and what the heck is he doing in the middle of this debate stage? I'll tell you, I'm not a politician, Brett. You're right about that. I'm an entrepreneur. My parents came to this country with no money 40 years ago. I have gone on to found multi-billion dollar companies. I did it while marrying my wife, Apoorva, raising our two sons, following our faith in God. That is the American dream. And I am genuinely worried that that American dream will not exist for our two sons and their generation unless we do something about it. And I do think Brett is gonna take an outsider because for a long time we have professional politicians in the Republican Party who have been running from something. Now is our moment to start running to something, to our vision of what it means to be an American today. If you have a broken car, you don't turn over the keys to the people who broke it again. You hand it over to a new generation to actually fix the problem. That's why I'm in this race and we're just getting warmed up. All right, to you, Governor Haley. So why are you better positioned to turn around this economy that we've heard all of these voters talking about tonight than Mr. Ramaswamy, who is a successful entrepreneur nationally right now, He's beating you in the polls. Well, I don't care about polls. What I care about the fact is that no one is telling the American people the truth. The truth is that Biden didn't do this to us. Our Republicans did this to us, too. When they passed that $2.2 trillion COVID stimulus bill, they left us with 90 million people on Medicaid, 42 million people on food stamps. No one has told you how to fix it. I'll tell you how to fix it. They need to stop the spending. They need to stop the borrowing. They need to eliminate the earmarks that the Republicans brought back in. And they need to make sure they understand these are taxpayer dollars. It's not their dollars. And while they're all saying this, you have Ron DeSantis, you've got Tim Scott, you've got Mike Pence. They all voted to go. raise the debt. And Donald Trump added $8 trillion to our debt. And our kids are never going to forgive us for this. And so at Why the end of the day, you look at the 2024 budget, Republicans asked for $7.4 billion in earmarks. Democrats asked for $2.8 billion. So you tell me who are the big spenders. I think it's time for an accountant in the White House. Vice President Pence. I noticed they, I noticed they had to get the Indians to fight each other. <laughs> 54% of voters say the cost of groceries is a, quote, major problem for them. Right. You blame the Biden administration spending for that increase. But as vice president, your administration spent more than any prior, $7.8 trillion added to the national debt, $3.5 trillion of that before COVID. So does that mean that you're part of the spending problem? Well, first off, thanks for the question. Thanks for letting me respond to a re reference to our re administration's record. I'm incredibly proud of the record of the Trump-Pence administration. I mean, in four short years, we rebuilt our military. We revived our economy. We unleashed American energy. And we appointed three conservatives to the Supreme Court that gave the American people a new beginning for the right to life. Now, Martha, you asked earlier who's the most best prepared for this job. And I must tell you, with all due respect to all of my friends on the stage, and even to one that's probably looking on, I think unquestionably I am the best prepared, the most tested, the most qualified and proven conservative in this race. I was a leader in the Congress of the United States. I led Indiana where we balanced budgets and had a AAA bond rating when I was governor. And as vice president of the United States, we spent funding to, to backfill on the the military cuts of the Obama administration, and then we were there hey in the guys, West unpopular pandemic, thought, thought uh, in 100 crime. years. All that Haley had said, a good I moment there. I was the first there. person in this race 
It's to a say fair that critique. We've got to deal with the long-term national debt issues. You got people on this stage that won't even talk about issues like Social Security and Medicare. I mean, Vivek, you recently said uh, a president can't do everything. Well, I got news for you, Vivek. I've been in the hallway. I've been in the West Wing. A president of the United States has to confront every crisis facing America. Yeah, we know I how you face crisis, Mike Pence. You fold. You fold and you side with the regime. That's what responsibility, you do. just as I did in Congress and as governor. Mr. Just as I did when I folded. You were named earlier. Vote. I'm going to get Vivek first. We'll get to both of yeah, This isn't that complicated, guys. Unlock American energy. Drill, frack, burn coal, embrace nuclear. Put people back to work by no longer paying them more to stay at home. Reform the U.S. Fed, stabilize the U.S. dollar, and go to war. The only war that I will declare as U.S. president will be the war on the federal administrative state that is the source of those toxic regulations Ooh. acting like a wet blanket on the economy. So I'm not sure I exactly understood Mike Pence's comment, but I'll let you all parse <laughs> that out. For me, it's pretty simple. That's something a U.S. president can do with focus, and I'll deliver on well, it. Well, let me explain it to you. Let me explain it to you, if I can. I'll go slower this time. I, you know, I, I sometimes struggle with the reading comprehension. Look, I was, uh, right I was a House conservative leader before <laughs> Wait, it was cool. I actually pushed a deficit reduction act. That was the it last was, time we actually it was never cool. the national debt in the United States when I was the leader of House conservatives. I balanced budgets and cut taxes when I was governor. I mean, look, Joe Biden has weakened this country at home and abroad. Now is not the time for on-the-job training. We don't need to bring in a rookie. We don't need to bring in people without experience. We need to bring Shots fired. It's 30 seconds when you have a rebuttal, okay? And, and you are up, Governor DeSantis. So here's the thing. Why are we in this mess? Part of it and a major reason is because how this federal government handed COVID-19 by locking down this economy. It was a mistake. It should have okay, never happened. And in Florida, we led the country out of lockdown. We kept our state free and open. And I can tell you this, as your president, I will never let the deep state bureaucrats lock you down. You don't take somebody like Fauci and coddle him. You bring Fauci in, you sit him down, and you say, Anthony, you are fired. There's no evidence that Ron DeSantis ever said anything about Fauci in 2020. That's a good point, Jack. That's a really good point. DeSantis was not on the Fauci train in 2020. He got on it, though. The, the, the reality and the fact of the matter is... Was that one of yours? Uh, not, not really, Mike, actually. Yeah. We're just going to have some fun tonight. And the reality is, you have a bunch of people, professional politicians, super PAC puppets, following slogans handed over to them by their 400-page super PACs last week. The real choice we face in this primary is this. Do you want a super PAC puppet, or do you want a patriot who speaks the truth? Do you want incremental reform, which is what you're hearing about, or do you want revolution? Okay. And I stand on the side of the American the Revolution. We're going to take control back here. We need everyone Remember? to have a moment on the economy. Yeah. Uh, I think that's fair. Can I address uh, the COVID there are two people who have not. We're going to no. get back to that. We are. Uh, there are two people who we have not heard from yet. So let's hear from Governor Bergram and then from Governor Hutchinson. I have to say I'm excited. Well, great. Thank you, Martha. Okay, and Doug Bergram. Of course, uh, I'm from a town it. of let's 300 people. It's a big deal to make it on this stage with all these folks. But hey, can we play? 
but when they we were, they were cut, wishing uh, well, uh, and I think I took a little here. too literally when they said 92 about a assassination. <laughs> cut 92 from the Tucker Trump but interview. We'll get back to the debate, folks. But we're gonna we're gonna keep when people like Bergam are talking, we're just gonna we're gonna do it. It started okay. with protests against you, massive protests, right. organized protests by the left, and then it moved to impeachment twice, right? And now indictment. I mean, the next stage is is violence. Is are you worried that they're gonna try and kill you? Why wouldn't they try and kill you? Honestly, uh, they're savage animals. They are people that are sick, really sick. You have great people in the Democrat Party. You have great people that are Democrats. Most yeah. of the people in our country are fantastic, and I'm representing everybody. I'm not just Republicans or conservatives. Right. I represent everybody. I'm the president of everybody. But I've seen what they do. I've seen the lengths that they go to. Mm. So he didn't say yes or no, but sounded like he's open-minded to the fact that he could get assassinated. Yeah. Well, RFK Jr. has basically said the same. Yeah. Should we go back to the debate? Oh, it's Asa. From a Asa. conservative state Asa. that have a conservative record. In no, I want more Trump. More Trump. In Arkansas as governor. All right. More Trump. I created a $2 billion surplus cut, that I passed uh, over to my successor. And here we go. I made sure we that we shrunk the size of government. We have 14% fewer. How about 93? Did Epstein kill himself? After I left Cut 93. Kind of far afield, but it was just interesting. I read Barr's account of his time. He wrote a book about it, right? Uh, his autobiography. And in it, he lies about Jeffrey Epstein's death. Clearly lies. Uh, do, you, do you think Epstein killed himself sincerely? I don't know. I, I will say that, you know, he was a fixture in Palm Beach. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what Barr said about it either. I have no idea what he said. What did he say? He killed himself, probably? He said he killed himself and that they were going to do this investigation. They never did the investigation. It's never been yeah. public. Well, and they hid it. And, like, why are they doing that? He and clearly Barr knew. But why would Bill Barr be covering up the death of Jeffrey Epstein? Uh, Bill Barr didn't do an investigation on the election fraud either, okay? He said he did, and he pretended he did, but he didn't. Uh... Tucker's going there. Tucker's going everywhere. Let's get the uh, let's get the debate back up, guys. More than a thousand people are still unaccounted for in Maui uh, after the deadliest U.S. wildfire in more than a century. Hawaii's governor and White House officials said that climate change amplified the cost of human error. And a tropical storm hit California for the first time in 84 years. The ocean hit 101 degrees off the coast of Florida. And in the last month, the heat wave in the southwest broke records nearly 50 years old. So Alexander Diaz from Young America's Foundation has a question for you all. Polls consistently show that young people's number one issue is climate change. How will you, as both President of the United States and leader of the Republican Party, calm their fears that the Republican Party doesn't care about climate change? So we want to start on this with a show of hands. Do you believe oh, in human behavior is causing yeah, asking about climate, climate change? change. Your hand if you do. Look, look we're oh, not school children. I mean, I'm happy to take I, it to start. Okay. Alexander, so do you want to raise your hand? Let's hope DeSantis gets this right. I don't think that's the way to do. So let me just say to Alexander this. First of all, 
One of the reasons our country's decline is because of the way the corporate media treats Republicans versus Democrats. Biden was on the beach while those people were suffering. He was asked about it. And he said, no comment. Are you kidding me? As somebody that's handled disasters in Florida, you got to be activated. You've got to be there. You've got to be present. You've got to be helping people who are doing this. And here's the deal. So is that a yes? Or is that a yes? Is that a hand raise? You do not. I think it was a hand raise for him, and it's um, my hands are in my pockets. No, 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 I'm I didn't raise, I didn't raise a hand. Let us be honest as Republicans. I'm the only person on the stage who the isn't bought and paid is for, so I can say this. Sharp. The climate change oh, agenda whoa, 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 whoa. is a That's hoax. Just oh, the climate this change is agenda is a hoax. And we have to declare independence for it. And the reality is the anti-carbon agenda is the wet blanket on our economy. And so the reality is more people are dying of bad climate change policies than they are of actual wow. climate change. Governor, Governor Haley, are you bought and paid for? Down by hold on, hold on. Listen, listen. Is Governor Haley bought and paid for? I've had enough already tonight of a guy who sounds like ChatGPT standing up here. And the last person in one of these debates, Brett, who stood in the middle of the stage and said, What's a skinny guy with an odd last name doing up here was Barack Obama, and I'm afraid we're dealing with the same type of amateur standing in stage tonight. Come over and give me a hug. <laughs> give me a hug just same, like you did to Obama. The same type of amateur. And, and you'll help elect me just Ooh. like you did to Obama, too. Give me that The same hug, type of amateur. Hey, hold on. Hold on. Hey, Governor Haley, wow. would you like to respond? Are you so, bought Brett, and paid what for? I would like to say is the fact that I think this is exactly why Margaret Thatcher said, if you want something said, ask a man. If you want something done, ask a woman. First of all, we do care about clean air, clean water. We want to see that taken care of, but there's a right way to do it. And the right way to do it is, first of all, yes, is climate change real? Yes, it is. But if you want to go and really change the environment, then we need to start telling China and India that they have to lower their emissions. That's where our problem is. And these green subsidies that Biden has put in all he's done is help China because he doesn't understand all these electric vehicles that he's done, what that does. Half of the batteries for electric vehicles are made in China. And so that's not helping the environment. You're putting money in China's pocket, and Biden did that. So first of all, I think we need to acknowledge the truth, which is these subsidies are not working. We also need to take on the international world and say, okay, India and China, you've okay. got to stop polluting, and that's when we'll start right. to deal with Senator Scott, are you bought and paid for? Absolutely. Are you bought and paid for? I'm sorry. Are you bought? <laughs> Absolutely not. I mean, it, it, here's what the American people deserve <laughs> is a debate about the issues that affect their lives. All right. Going back and forth, being childish is not helpful to the American people to decide on the next leader of our country. Number one, wait a second. Number two, as a kid who grew up in a single parent household mired in poverty, I wondered, was the American dream real for kids who are devastated by poverty, devastated by the challenges of life, I came to the conclusion that America can do for anyone what she's done for me if we focus on restoring hope, creating opportunities, and protecting America. If we want the environment to be better, and we all do, the best thing to do is to bring our jobs home from China. If we create 10 million new jobs in my Made in America plan, we will have a better economy and a better environment. Let me tell you why I say that, Brett. America, do it quickly. 
America has cut. <laughs> I'm a Southern boy. I talk slow. So America, America, <laughs> that was quick. America has cut our carbon footprint in half in the last 25 years. The places where they are continuing to increase, Africa, 950 million people. India, over a billion. China, over a billion. Why would we put ourselves at a disadvantage? devastating our own economy. Let's bring our jobs home. We have a lot of okay. different topics to get yep, to. Yep, we do. We thank you all. Thank you, Senator Scott. So coming up next, right. the candidates will okay. weigh in on what could be a defining issue in the 2024 campaign. All right, that was, that was admittedly way more fun than I was anticipating. Way more fun. I, I, a couple observations. Vivek is coming out freaking swinging. Uh, and I have to, I mean, the, the chat GPT line was, was solid. I cannot believe that that audience was booing climate change as a hoax. That sh shocks me to no end. I have no idea who the RNC got to be in here. Tyler, do you have any insight into who got invitations into that room? Tyler? Lose Tyler? <laughs> I, I think Tyler was having an audio thing, but... But I mean, that, that uh, Vivek coming in at, with with just just shots fired, and honestly, I think Haley Haley and Tim Scott both sounded like they 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 faded. They completely faded. People don't want to hear the canned responses. They want to hear the candidates going back and forth at each other because this is where you're actually getting the substance out. And and people say, oh, is it really substance? Is it really positive? No, no. Show us you have the fight. Because if you're going to take on the deep state, if you're going to take on everything that the swamp in Washington, D.C. has to throw, you have to show you want it. And I'm sorry to the guys who are like, oh, well, you know, down in the South, we talked about, you know, Tim Scott, you know, I'm sorry. You know what? It isn't that it isn't the 1980s anymore. We're not going to have that anymore. You need to put up or shut up. Do we have a, I don't know how long this break is, but do we want to play some more of the Trump clips? Yeah, we should. I think we've got. Uh... Let's play 94. I don't think we've played that one yet. Like Chris Christie, the guy left with a 8%, think of it, 8% approval rating in New Jersey. Now he's running for president. And he runs solely on the basis, oh, let's get Trump. Let's get, he's like a savage uh, uh, maniac. He's like a lunatic. And that's all he talks about. His poll numbers are very, very low. He's about 2%. What's he like? You know him well. well I've, had, I've been friendly with him over the years, but I couldn't give him a, a job because I just never trusted him very much. Uh, I was just never one of his people that really trusted him. I never gave him the job. And that's one of the reasons he feels so hurt and so betrayed. And I understand that. I really do. I understand it. But I never gave him. You know, he wanted to be different things. He was looking at different... Uh, elements of the administration and we decided uh, i decided just i didn't want to i didn't want to do it i think um listen guys i think christie is eminently hateable i really do i i found that chat gpt line it was a good it was a good one-liner but it actually made me kind of despise him even more and to trump's point he's got an eight percent approval rating in new jersey and he thinks he's going to be president someone's I, I, his moment is past, Jack. That's my take on Real it. Real quick, someone just so told passed. me that no, I don't I know we don't have it up, but someone just told me that uh Fox News played a climate propaganda ad, a Republicans for Ukraine ad, and a TikTok ad, TikTok of course being a Chinese owned firm. Uh, what in God's name has Fox become? Well, it's well, I can, You guys saw go ahead. You guys saw this yak this yak question. What what 
So first off, what we were talking about, Gaff has their logo, their C3 logo, right next to this kid's head on the Republican debate, which is so crazy to me. Like, this is so crazy. And it's a climate change question. Did, did I hear that right? Yeah. I was messing with my headphones. He said, how are you going to cli- fight? He said, how are you going to fight climate change? He didn't ask, will you believe in climate oh, wow, change? He didn't believe, he didn't ask you if, if you believed in, and um, uh, what do they call it? Uh, anthropocentric climate change. Basically that, that humans are, are to cause. No, he said, how will you fight climate change? That's Young America's Foundation that's illegally sponsoring this debate. Oh, did I say that? Oh, sorry. Illegal. Yes. Yeah. I mean, so we, there- t- we talked about that earlier, Tyler. I mean, the lengths to which Turning Point USA has gone to create a C4, to create a PAC, to to fundraise for that, build team around that, like a whole different staff around action, to to stay in the IRS's good graces, and the fact that YAF just goes in and just goes full RNC, full party endorsement is, uh, I mean, and then you get that question. I mean, I think back to Rush Limbaugh, and Charlie always remembers this. Rush Limbaugh's one of his last public speeches was at a Turning Point USA event introducing President Trump, right? It was his final speech. It was final speech. I was there. Yeah. Yeah. And he the first thing he does, he comes up and he says the climate uh, climate change is a hoax. I can't I have been waiting to say that for years. And, And the room went crazy. And now you have that by contrast. Yaf going on getting their first questions about climate change. Oh, dear. dude. I mean, so yeah, the very first is, question. Oh, sorry, Tyler. Go ahead. We, uh, we got I think we got your audio fixed. I was just going to say this is like the total yeah moment here. Like, of course, yeah, is asking a climate change question at the RNC debate that they shouldn't be hosting. This is crazy. So funny. Yeah, I mean, it's this is I, but here, here's my take. So Vivek is winning. Climate change. <laughs> hey, guys, I, I think big picture, though. Yeah, aside, uh, Vivek is winning this. He's coming out hot. They're all coming after him because they know that he's just running away with it. He's the- Pence is like, I'll say it slower. And it's like, Pence, you are probably the slowest talker on that stage. You do not need to say anything <laughs> Wait, they, guys, I think they're back. I think they're coming back. Are they back? Let's Do let's we have the, to go back? <laughs> yes, we have to go back. I want to, I want to go back. Yeah, I want to, I was actually enjoying it. They all have to go back. They all have to go back. Here's Neocon Haley. Can't we all agree that doctors and nurses who don't believe in abortion shouldn't have to perform them? Can't we all agree that contraception should be available? And can't we all agree that we are not going to put a woman in jail or give her the death penalty if she gets an abortion? Let's treat this like the, like a respectful issue that it is and humanize the situation and stop demonizing the situation. Vice President Pence, Governor DeSantis, you signed a six-week abortion ban in Florida. Uh, One of your biggest financial backers said that you need to, quote, shift to get moderates or you will lose. What do you say to him and others who say politically that is a tough thing to sell nationally? Well, I would say we sold uh, the biggest election landslide victory in the history of the Republican Party in the state of Florida in 2022. That's what I did. We can win. But second of all, look, um, you got to do what you think is right. I believe in a culture of life. Uh, I was proud to sign the heartbeat bill. Uh, I remember one of the most impactful moments of my life was when I heard the heartbeat of my oldest daughter uh, in my wife's womb and then saw the sonograms of all three of my kids. What the Democrats are trying to do on this issue is wrong to allow abortion all the way up to the moment of birth. I know a lady in Florida named Penny. She survived multiple abortion attempts. She was left discarded in a pan 
Fortunately, her grandmother saved her and brought her to a different hospital. We're better than what the Democrats are selling. We are not going to allow abortion all the way up till birth, and we will hold them accountable for their extremism. But just to be clear, Governor, would you sign a six-week ban federally? I'm going to stand on the side of life. Look, I understand Wisconsin is going to do it different than Texas. I understand Iowa and New Hampshire are going to do different. But I will support the cause of life as governor and as president. We, we Vice President Pence, a, you're shaking your head. We must have a mash. Hold on, hold on, hold on, Senator. Vice President Pence, you're shaking your head. What, well, look, I'm, I'm not new to this cause. After I gave my life to Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, slower, I opened up Mike. the book and I read, before I formed Speak you in the slower. womb, I knew you. And see, I set before you life and death, blessings and curses, now choose life. And I knew from that moment on the cause of life had to be my cause. And I've been a champion for life in the Congress, a champion for life as governor and as vice president. And uh, to be honest with you, Nikki, you're my friend, but uh, consensus is the opposite of leadership. When the Supreme Court returned this question to the American people, they didn't just send it to the states only. It's not a states only issue, it's a moral issue. And I promise you as president of the United States, the American people will have a champion for life in the Oval Office. Can't we have a minimum standard in every state in the nation that says when a baby is capable of feeling pain, an abortion cannot be allowed? A 15-week like ban, ban is an idea whose time like has come. Graham. It's supported by 70% of the American people, but it's going to take unapologetic leadership, leadership that stands on principle and expresses compassion for women okay. in crisis hold, hold pregnancies. I'll do that as president of the United States. He called my name, so I want to respond to that. Three seconds. So first of all, I will say it is in the hands of the people and that's where it should be. But when, when you're talking about a federal ban, be honest with the American people. We haven't honest. had 45 pro-life senators in over 100 years. So no Republican president can ban abortions any more than a Democrat president could ban all those state laws. Don't make women feel like they have to decide on this issue when you know we don't have 60 Senate votes in the House. 70 percent of the American people support legislation. But 70% of the Senate does not. Okay. 70% of the Senate does not. You have to be honest with the We'd American have to have people. A limit. All right. Let's get Governor Bergman for one, one minute here. Um, so, oh, but the right, Supreme the Court did overturn Roe v. Wade. And, and the, All the right. This is a sticky issue, by the way. But again, I have to say that uh, I think Nikki Haley, it's like the 1990s uh, Republican Party called and wants, you know, wants its candidate back. I do think, though, she presents well. I think she's going to have a small, small but insignificant boost. I, I don't know. By the way, where's Vivek been in this? They're, they're like they're like a, uh, apparently ignoring Vivek on purpose now because he's yes, causing a he's not really made. Social conservatism, a huge, a huge thrust of his either. Well, well, guys, we're missing, we're missing Bergamentum here. Oh gosh, you're in Dakota, you're in the Dakotas, Blake. Yeah, Blake's biased here. We got to find out about Bergamentum. He gave me nineteen dollars. The Burgermeister. We can, we can turn it back up. Hold on, hold on. He's got a Bible. No, I think that's a phone charger. He's allowed to the federal government delegated to them by the states. The rest are left to the states, comma, or importantly, or to the people. We need to get back to freedom and liberty for the people in this country. 
And we can't have we can't have Republicans who fight for 50 years for this great cause and win. to return it back to the states, and then the next day they turn around and go, no, the feds should do that because the feds are stepping into people's lives, they're stepping into people's businesses. Over and over, if we say that the Fed should be in on this one, where do we stop? I say that we follow the Constitution, and this is return to the states. This we, is where it should but be. But Governor Burgum, right. you signed a six-week ban. Time out. You signed a six-week ban. Governor Burgum, you signed a six-week ban. So you you're saying federally, governor? it's all going to go to the states. Yes, and what what is going to work in New York will never work in North Dakota, okay. and vice versa. That's Governor why 50 Asa states. That's right why 50 here. states. This, this is too important of an issue that I have to address. Uh, first of all, uh, the Supreme Court gave it back to the elected representatives, whether it's the states or right. whether it's the United States Congress. That's so right. there is right. authority, Let's and that's why the, President the, Biden uh, is pushing for a Democrat proposal. A Asa and Burgum, like, arguing on stage is not nearly as oh good as my the before the previous break. This is okay? like, that this was is like I know what the Dems say. Yeah, it was Vivek versus so Pence versus Christie. That was good. I want more of that. I don't want to hear... Bergham, they should have just the RNC should have just been like, yo, you don't have a chance. You're, sorry, sorry, we, we're gonna up the threshold. And they yeah, I agree. I think they, yeah, I mean, I think that they should have had a different way of going about this. Sorry, guys, I don't know what's going on with the camera. Like, I literally <laughs> can't. Like, camera. It's literally, it's literally All I like see if is I mustache. It's the mustache. I, I sit at the, the camera. Of it's like all. This is oh my god, Tyler Boyer uh, here, the Milwaukee mustache cam. <laughs> Yeah, just I don't, I don't know if we can like Actually back up the camera at all. Yeah, but I no, have to like fine. I'm like literally six feet away. <laughs> Blake is I'm like right. literally. Let's go back. To, wait, what are we missing with the debate? This, is, you know, no, you know what's like this is like this is like what the oh debates would be like if 2016 had never happened. Okay, this is what the debates were like in 2008, so right. in 2012. What about this? Is... The, 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 the debt ceiling what about this is what all this is what all debates are like because like u.s style political debates are just a mistake like they're terrible sound bites they're basically aimed at the lowest common denominator of voter which is like technically in america you can have an iq of like 60 and vote and so you know you get Blake, are you dissing democracy again Yes, yes, I am. And oh, okay. the, the truth sure. is, it's it's just very depressing. Like 50 years ago, if you watch a debate, it's higher quality. And it's because like we didn't know the truth yet. We we hadn't created the internet that gave us Twitter and TikTok and Instagram. That just revealed that everyone was, was terminally stupid. And so, you know, they tried to appeal to the smarts of the people. But now we accept the truth, which is we're just going to get like stupid sound bites about Big Bird or whatever until the end of time. So well, the they, best... they also in that time frame lowered the voting age. They drastically allowed more people to vote that were never that never voted before. We you know we right. Hold on. drastically Jack, opened this just, up. Well, they're getting into it. They're getting into it. Jack, just just I was gonna have you judge Nikki Haley just based on body language. All right, should we listen to the next question? Yeah, let's get into it. Studio, let's bring the volume up, please. Accelerated. They did accelerate during the pandemic and are still rising, actually. Murders in Los Angeles, New York, Chicago, all up 30 percent between 2019 and 2022. Homelessness is up 11 percent, the largest jump in recorded history. Vice President Pence, a lot of this began in the COVID era. How much of what we're seeing happening around this country is a result of those COVID lockdowns? And is your administration in part to blame for how we got here? 
Well, I think what's in part to blame is the Democrats have been talking about defunding the police for the last five years. And we ought to be funding law enforcement, particularly in our major cities, at, at unprecedented levels. I mean, it's extraordinary to think about the violence that's claiming innocent lives literally every week in every major city in this country. And yet Democrats and liberal prosecutors in major metropolitan areas continue to to work out their fanciful agendas, to, to do a, a bail reform and, and go easy. What we need is, is strong commitment to law enforcement. We need leadership in Washington, D.C. that will marshal the resources of the states, marshal the resources of the American people. But let me also say it's about opportunity. I mean, a lot of people don't know that those Trump-Pence tax cuts that we got signed into law go away at the end of 2025 if we don't have a Republican president uh, and a Republican House and a Republican Senate. When I'm president of the United States, we're actually going to cut taxes further. We're going to extend those tax cuts, and we're going to close the Federal Department of Education, block grant all that funding back to the states with a growing economy and educational choice and, and law enforcement. We will bring our cities back. Governor Christie, um, another issue. This weekend here in Milwaukee, reports say there were 30 shootings and a number of them including kids. No, um, add that to the big increase in school shootings around the country. Democrats blame this crisis on easy out. access to guns. They also blame Republicans for blocking gun control legislation. What would President Christie do? You know, I'm proud of the fact, Brett, that I'm the only person along with Governor Hutchinson up on this stage who's actually running United States Attorney's Office. I ran the fifth largest office in America in a, in a state where there is significant urban crime. And the problem is not going to be solved by more money. The problem is, is, is that these prosecutors in these localities in the states are refusing to do their job and to arrest violent criminals. So what a President Christie would do is appoint an attorney general Dude. who would instruct each of the 93 U.S. attorneys that they are to take over the prosecution of violent crime in every one of those cities that are failing to do so. We have plenty of room did, in the federal prisons did Governor Christie to lock up just these violent criminals and clean up what's going Asa on as his all vice across president? this country in these individual cities. Secondly, what we need to make sure I that each and every one of these criminals a understand is that the laws ticket? apply to everybody. And when Hunter Biden it's not a bad answer. fills out a fake application, That's a, a false answer. application for a, for a gun permit, and then is facing a 10-year mandatory minimum, which was mandated by legislation sponsored by his father, and then you have a Justice Department that walks away from those charges, we're telling people that the law doesn't apply to everybody. In a Christie administration, he would go to jail for 10 years. What about a President Ramaswamy? What is a President Ramaswamy? Gotta say, we're gonna give him the death guns? penalty. So the reality is we have a crime wave in this country and we know how to fix it. The question is, do we actually have the spine to do it? More cops in the streets who are on the streets able to do their jobs without looking over their shoulder for getting sued. And we also have a mental health epidemic in this country. Just over the same period that we have closed mental health institutions, we have seen a spike in violent crime. Do we have the spine to bring them back? I think we should. As president, I will. But it's not just drugging up people in those psychiatric institutions with Zoloft and Seroquel. It's a deeper issue. I think faith-based approaches can play a role here, too. We're in the middle of a national identity crisis. And I say this as a member of my generation. The problem in our country right now, the reason we have that mental health epidemic, 
is that people are so hungry for purpose and meaning at a time when family, faith, patriotism, hard work have all disappeared. What we really need is a tonal reset from the top, saying that this is what it means to be an American. Yes, we will stand for the rule of law. Yes, we will close the southern border where criminals are coming in every day. And yes, we will back law enforcement because we remember who we really are. And that's also how we address that mental health epidemic in the next generation that is directly leading to violent crime. Can I speak across up, Governor DeSantis, really here. quickly? Governor DeSantis. We don't have an identity crisis, Vivek. We're not looking for a new national identity. The American people are the most faith-filled, freedom-loving, idealistic, hard-working people the world has ever known. We just need government as good as our people. Well, Mike, I think the difference is you might have, some others like you may have on the stage, it's morning in America speech. It is not morning in America. We live in a dark moment, and we have to confront the fact that we're in an internal sort of cold cultural civil you war. You are equating the American people with the failed win. government in Washington, D.C. We just need government as good as our people again. So, I can, so let me Governor just finish addressing that slogan, because I don't know what that slogan Brett, means. Mark, we need to shut down the administrative state. That's actually how we translate crime it. Crime has been Mark, on the rise in Florida, Governor DeSantis. How do you stop? Crime. Well, actually, crime's at a 50-year low not in Florida. In, not we're, in Miami. We're, we're happy with that. Well, the statewide, it's a 50-year low. And so here's the thing. These hollowed-out cities, this is a symptom of America's decline. And one of the biggest reasons is because you have George Soros funding these radical left-wing district attorneys. They get into office, and they right. say they're not going to prosecute crimes. Yeah. They disagree with the inmates start running the asylum. There's one guy in this entire country that's ever done anything about that, me. When we had two of these district attorneys in Florida elected with Soros funding who said they wouldn't do their job, I removed them from their post. They are gone. And as president, as president, we are going to go after all of these people because they are hurting the quality of life and they are victimizing innocent people in every corner of this country. And it will stop when I get into office. Okay. One word here before the break, Governor Burgum. Well, Brett and Martha, I just thought it was interesting. You asked your question about the problems we're having in big cities. Nobody ever asked the question of what about the crime wave in small towns? Because in a small town, neighbors help neighbors. People understand uh, each other. Jason if a farmer Aldean. gets sick, everybody comes together and helps them get the crop Jason off. Aldean there's accountability, adjacent. there's transparency. One thing that I think this country could use is right. that understands small town values. They actually got to, I, I have to say, in all fairness, Chris Christie had a good crime answer. I, Doug, Doug Burgum is running for president of like 1932. I understand the drug crisis <laughs> in America. Oh, right yeah, now, now we got the Can we put that back in the Has Trump even been mentioned? Uh, there's no. three simple words at all. Helpful. One, enforce the law. It's like they have a secret deal or something. Secondly, yeah. let's deal with secret the challenge of fentanyl. No and yeah. it's both about stopping the fentanyl Burgum coming from Mexico, like Buttigieg, but it's also it? about education of our young people, making sure that we have uh, the tools that are needed for addiction counseling. That's what we expanded in Arkansas as well. Whenever you look at the Underlying challenge of America, though, no one likes to see an America with smash and grab in our inner cities. As president of the United States, that will stop. It starts at the top with the respect for our justice system that a former president who's under indictment has undermined.
by attacking judges, by attacking prosecutors, by attacking the system and saying he's aggrieved. Boo. And so we have to have respect for our justice system and the rule of law. And it starts we'll at have the respect top for with them the president of the United States. When they have respect for us. So speaking of that, right now you are looking live at Fulton County Jail where former President Donald Trump will be processed tomorrow. So next, the candidates will have an opportunity to talk about the coming trials of Donald Trump. All right. All right. Hey, guys, can we, let's go ahead and play this, uh, this YAF question. I think it's uh, 99, I believe. Is that it? Is that it, Studio? Dude, this, is, this is so embarrassing. Question. This is so Studio, embarrassing. Studio, play the YAF question. Yeah, question, please. Polls consistently show that young people's number one issue is climate change. How will you, as both President of the United States and leader of the Republican Party, calm their fears that the Republican Party doesn't care about climate change? So we want to start on this with a show of hands. And that, that's all you need, really. Do you really, believe just the... in human behavior is causing climate change? Raise your hand if you do. Okay, that was ridiculous. This is a perfect example of why the old right never actually conserved anything. Should, this is the old guard. Just... What you're doing is you're adopting the positions of the left and then coming to it from a complete leftist perspective, putting it inside your presupp presupposed question, saying that climate change is real, everything that you say about it is real, and we just need to fight because that's how it is. And at least I think Vivek actually did call it a hoax after that, at least to the point where we're saying that it's climate change is some sort of uh, apocalyptic uh, future that we're all going to live in a dystopia. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. And for Young America's Foundation, who's supposed is supposedly a conservative organization, what have you ever considered? Served for the last 50 years. Maybe the people the last 50 years who conserved absolutely nothing, who put our country yeah. in the position and our movement in the position that it's currently in. How about you step aside and it's time for some new guns to come in? Tyler, I want to get your input on this. No, I mean, I'm telling you right now, this is so crazy to me that Young America's Foundation, this is the, this is the, this is why like people, I, I was trying to tell people when the RNC picked this nonprofit, Young America's Foundation, who we know so well, I knew this is what was coming. A bunch of like rhino, weirdo, neocon questions that are super lame, super stupid. Guys, there's so many things going on in the world right now. And you have Young America's Foundation, the best thing they could come up with was a climate change question. Like what hey, the guys. Yeah. I, I agree, Tyler. Let's let's play Vivek's answer because this was interesting. I, I felt like the audience booed when this happened. Let's play 97. Let us be honest as Republicans. I'm the only person on the stage who isn't bought and paid for, so I can say this. The climate change agenda is a hoax. The climate change agenda is a hoax. And we have to And the reality is the anti-carbon agenda is the wet blanket on our economy. Uh, they were booing the, the fact that he was calling everybody out. Because, I mean, it's true. Vivek has lost it, billionaire financiers to fund his candidacy because he hasn't towed the line on Ukraine, on climate, and a bunch of stuff. So, I mean, he did yeah. receive $50,000 as a college graduate student from George Soros. True story. Who cares? I know. If you're going to pay get, a 21-year-old $50,000, I'd take it. Get, I mean, this is this is why Vivek's winning, though. I, I mean, again, 
don't get me wrong. Everyone in the chat, chat, we know all the issues with Vivek. We know all the issues. We know the background is sketchy. There's a lot of things we disagree with Vivek about, by the way. We won't get into all of them. But let's focus on the reason why he's winning. The reason why he's beating Ron DeSantis now in a lot of polls and a lot of places, and he's coming up in the, in the rears on, in Iowa, is because he's speaking to the base on these issues the right way. He's the only guy on stage that was like forceful about climate change. Like this is a this is a slam dunk. It's crazy. It's it's, it's a generational uh, dynamic that we're seeing play here. It is the old the old gorillas versus you know the old silverbacks versus this new guard and Vivek and to some extent DeSantis. But but DeSantis still feels flat footed. I can't. He can't. When he his first answer, I thought he was going to get off the block really really fast. He was he was passionate, but then he's kind of receded back into a flat-footed, on-his-heels posture, which is, I think, not doing him any favors. Uh, again, Vivek, just every time they come to him, he's throwing haymakers. So uh, let's see. Are we back to the debate yet, guys? Does our suffering resume? <laughs> let's see here. We're, trying, we're, we're not going to miss the... Okay, Charlie is now here in studio, apparently. He's going to be seated in just a second. He's been watching. He's been commenting in our chat. Uh, we're still at a commercial break, but uh, Blake, what's your take? Give us your 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 take right now. I mean, it's very funny how they've totally avoided Donald Trump until now. The debate hosts are like forcing them to talk about him because there was a lot of chatter about how they would handle you know the elephant in the room, and the answer apparently is they would prefer to not handle it, and they would just man, I just don't even know who they're pandering to with this. We've got. Uh, other than that, I'm mostly distracted by Chris Christie. In four different states on 91 counts. He will be processed tomorrow in Georgia at the Fulton County Jail for charges relating to the 2020 election loss. You all signed a pledge to support the eventual Republican nominee. If former President Trump is convicted in a court of law, would you still support him as your party's choice? Please raise your hand if you would. Hold on. So just to be clear, Governor Christie, you were kind of late to the game yeah. there, but no, you raised I, your hand? No, I'm doing this. Look. <laughs> look, I'm doing this. And I know this. you didn't. Whoa, whoa. No. Come, what's and the look, I, what, what, look, here's the here's the bottom line. <laughs> Someone's got to stop normalizing this conduct. Okay? Now and now whether or not whether or not you believe that the criminal charges are right or wrong, the conduct is beneath the office of President of the United States. And, and, and you know, this is the great thing about this country. Booing is allowed, but it doesn't change the truth. It doesn't change the truth. Hello, everybody. Get in and respond. Let's just speak the truth, okay? Hey, Charlie. President Trump, I believe, was the best president of the 21st century. Good for the vague. Honest to God, your claim that Donald Trump is motivated by vengeance and grievance would be a lot more credible if your entire campaign were not based uh -oh. on vengeance and grievance against one man. <laughs> and if people at home 
want to see oh. people blindly bashing Donald Trump without an iota of vision for this country. They could just change the channel to MSNBC right now. But I'm not running for president of MSNBC. I am running for president of the United States. We're skating on thin ice, and we cannot set a precedent where the party in power uses police force to indict its political opponents. It is wrong. We have to end the weaponization of justice in this country. Vake knows what time it is. No, no, I'm sorry. 30 seconds, You make me laugh because you sit, you sit here in an answer. You sit here in an answer right You sit here and answer. Go ahead, Hold Governor on. Christie. Hold on, Governor Christie. Hold on. <laughs> just smiling no. through it. So listen, the more time we spend doing this, the less time they can talk about oh, issues Brett, you want to talk about. So let's just let get them through boo, this Governor Christie. You, you sit here talking about how you want to stand up for the rule of law. Yes. And law and order. And the fact is that it can't be selective. In your book, you had much different things to say about Donald Trump than you're saying here tonight. That's and, not true. Well, it is very true. That is not it's true. It's very true. I read it. Because and I know. Because there's a difference between bad behavior and illegal the behavior, way, Chris. And you as a prosecutor way, should know yeah, better. Yeah, I, you know what? I know a lot there's better. There's a difference between I bad know, behavior. And I know a lot better than you do. You've never done it like you've never done anything <gasps> to try to advance the interests of this government except to put yourself forward as a candidate tonight. And here's the thing. We've stood up for law and order. I did it as U.S. attorney. I did it as governor. And I am not going to bow to anyone when we Can have a president of the United States the who disrespects the Constitution. <laughs> Could he get up if he, he did? Said, he can't he bow. said, Martha, it's important to say that the president said, Donald Trump said, it's okay to suspend the Constitution. Now, the oath you take is to preserve, protect, and defend, not suspend. I will always stand up for our Constitution, regardless of the political pressure. Right, we have another question for you. We're going to get everyone in on this issue, but I have another question. I have another question. Hold on, you will. All right, so President Trump's former vice president is on this stage tonight. He has faced hecklers on the campaign trail over his actions on January the 6th. On that day, the vice president moved forward with the certification of the election. So do you believe that Mike Pence did the right thing, Senator Scott? Do you believe he did the right thing? Absolutely. He did the right thing. Number one. Number two. The fact that there's a crowd doing be, this, this is not a Republican crowd. We should be asking crowd. ourselves a bigger question about the weaponization of the Department of Justice. When I'm president, the first thing I'll do is fire Merrick Garland. Second thing I'll do, fire Christopher Ray, because we okay. need Lady Justice to no wear a blindfold. Way. That is Without such a that, tough no position to take, Tim. In our justice system, 17% of Republicans have confidence in our Department of Justice. Here's why. We keep seeing not only the weaponization of the Department of Justice against political opponents, but also well, against parents. Why don't you do something in the Senate, pal? Board meetings. It'd be nice They're if you had political power. They're called domestic terrorists. Firing Christopher but, but, but Ray. But that's not okay. down the FBI. Mr. Actually, have the courage to get it right. Mr. Ramos. Let me finish my comments. Yes. Not only that. In addition to that, we see. 
the SWAT team show up at pro-life activist homes with guns drawn. And why do you keep funding the DOJ? uses their power, uses their authority, yeah. not just against political opponents, but against conservatives and conservative causes. It is time for a change in America. And I will bring that change oh, to the greatest nation on God's green earth. He's doing the Obama jive thing. Do you believe that Mike yeah. Pence He was doing right like MLK cadence. So what we need to do. We need to end the weaponization of these federal agents. Right. But I will do that. Cool. Here, I, I know, but here's the thing. This election <laughs> is not about January 6th of 2021. This. Here we go. It's about January 20th of 2025, when the next president is going to take so office. I know what the Democrats would like to do. They want to talk about all these other issues, but we've got to focus on your future. We've got to focus on reversing the decline of our country. I learned in the military, I was assigned uh, with U.S. Navy SEALs in Iraq, that you focus on the mission above all else. You can't get distracted. So Republicans, we've got to look forward and we've got to make sure that we're bringing the message that can win in November 2020. I think the American people deserve to know whether everyone on this stage agrees that I kept my oath to the Constitution that day. There's no more See, important duty. So answer the question. Thing. I've, I've answered this before. So yes. No. Why are we? He, Mike, Mike did his duty. I got no beef with him. But Mike, here's uh, the thing. Is this what we're going to be focusing on? I'm relieved. Going we forward, the yeah. rehashing of this? I'll tell you, you the Democrats would love that. We and they will win if we let him get away with it. This crowd is so disconnected from the Republican base. It's like a throbbing middle finger. Former President Trump is beating you by Well, Trump supporters not showing up where Trump isn't is a pretty common theme. Governor Hutchinson, you did not raise your hand. I did not raise my hand because there's an important issue we as a party have to face. Chemical castration for kids. over a year ago, I said that Donald Trump was morally <laughs> disqualified from being president again as a result of what happened on January 6th. More people are understanding the importance of that, including conservative wow, like legal scholars who says he may be disqualified under the 14th Amendment from being are president really again as a result of the crazy? insurrection. There's this a smart guy, Lawrence Tribe. Him under our rules and under oh the Constitution. And so, obviously, I'm not going to support somebody who's been convicted of a serious felony or who has this, is under disqualified this under our Constitution. And that's consistent with RNC rules. And I hope everybody would right. agree with me. Right. We're going to get to the question. Yeah, we're we're going to move on. No, we're gonna... Martha, can I answer the question? Can I get in on it? Okay. This? I'd like to answer. You no, I've already like been in on it, Hang Vice on. President okay. Pence. All right. I'd like to answer the question Go you ahead. asked and not give a pre-canned speech. Mike Pence stood for the Constitution. And he deserves not grudging credit. He deserves our thanks as Americans for putting his oath of office and the Constitution of the United <laughs> States garbage. before personal, political, and unfair pressure. And the oh, argument that we need to have in this party before we can move on to the issues that Ron talked about is we have to dispense with the person who said that we need to suspend the Constitution to put forward his political career. Mike Pence said no, and he deserves credit for it. Okay. Uh, Governor Haley, yeah, we have heard from 
The fact that there's applause How shows. How are you going to do that? This is not the base, guys. Let's be honest. I do think that Vice President. This is a joke. This shows what the RNC is. I think that we need to give him credit for that. But what I will also tell you is, look, I mean. When it comes to whether President Trump should serve or not, I trust the American people. Let them here, vote. Here. Let them decide. But here, what here. they will tell you is that it is time answer. for a new generational conservative leader. We doing? have to look at the fact that three quarters of Americans don't want a rematch between Trump and Biden. And we have to face the fact that Trump is the most disliked politician in America. We can't win a general election that way. Yo, Nikki's Nikki's not popular either. Happy to answer the question. Mike Pence did the right, right. thing on lower January sixth. But I want to say you started off the, the top the of the hour saying I want to keep going. Hold on. China, Ukraine, education. We are. China is the number one threat to our country. I want to hear a Vivek answer. Yeah, just just hold on. Just keep it going. We're good. Said about the future is time. That is just the the. You know who loves it? Biden loves it, but China loves it when we're talking about the past. Okay, as promised, we were going to spend a few questions on it, let people say what they wanted to say, and now indeed we are moving on to the subject. The U.S. has committed nearly. Can I speak on this issue? I was you kind of didn't. Involved. You, you answered on this. <laughs> you, you did. Why, you did why are they skipping? Yeah, yeah. I thought we thought you were done, but you uh, no, please. I wasn't done. Well, Mike, why don't you say this? Join me in making a that on day one we pardon Donald Trump. I'm the only candidate on the stage who had the courage to actually say it. That is how we move our nation forward and turn the page forward. That's exactly right. Will be convicted of these crimes. You should make be able to make a commitment. The same justice system that was this corrupt. the difference between you and me. Yeah, I'm not a professional politician. That's the difference. Who can answer a question? I've actually given pardons when I was governor of state of Indiana. It usually follows a finding of guilt and contrition by the individual that's been convicted. So, we'll look. If I'm president in the United States, we'll give fair consideration any pardon request. But if I may. If I may, you know, it's not about looking back at, at January 2021. It's about January 20th, 2017. I put my left hand on Ronald Reagan's Bible. I raised my right hand. And I took an oath to support and defend the Constitution of the United States. And it ended with a prayer, so help me God. It was a promise that I made to the American people but I also made it. And this fake preacher routine made it to my is so home. tired. Oh my gosh. Every day for four years I sought to keep that oath. And everyone on this stage needs to make it clear whether or not they'll do the same if they earn this job and the confidence of the American people. If it was clear, why'd they have now to look, change I've the made law? It clear. I, I had hoped that the issues surrounding the 2020 election and the controversies around January 6th had not come to this, had not come to criminal proceedings. I would rather they had been resolved by the American people and the American people alone. But no one's above the law, and President Trump is entitled to the presumption of innocence that every American is entitled to, and we will make sure and extend that to him. But the American people deserve to know that the president asked me in his request that I reject or return votes unilaterally, power that no vice president in American history had ever exercised or taken. He asked me to put him over the Constitution, and uh, I chose the Constitution, and I always will. I had no Vice right President to overturn Pence. the election, and Kamala Harris will have no right to overturn the election when we it's beat them in 2024. The Thank so they you, could Vice President Pence. Now we are moving on to other issues.
The U.S. has committed nearly $77 billion in aid to the Ooh, Ukraine war. This is going to get good. Turn this up. The Everyone will agree except The administration is now asking vague. Congress for $24 billion more. Regardless will of agree. that, the specific, specifics of that Here plan, comes the nauseating is there anyone neoliberalism. on stage who would not support the increase of Vivek. more funding to Ukraine? Vivek. We would, would not support it. Europe needs yes. to step up. I mean, I would have Europe step up and wow. do their job. Mr. Ramaswamy. Wow. Only the vague. Every every DeSantis answer is so bad. Pull their weight. Right now they're not doing it. And I think we need to do it. And I think our support should be contingent on them doing it. And I would have support in China to be able to take to be able to take China and do what we need to do with China. Let's go, Vivek. Mr. Ramaswamy, you would not support an increase of funding to Ukraine. I would not. And I think that this is disastrous that we are protesting yes. against an invasion across somebody else's border when we should use those same military resources to prevent across the invasion of our own southern border here in the United States of America. We are driving Russia further into China's oh. hands. The Russia-China alliance is the single greatest threat we face. And I find it offensive that we have professional politicians on the stage that will make a pilgrimage to Kiev, to yes. their Pope, Zelensky, without doing the same thing for people in Maui or the south side of Chicago okay. right, or Brett. Kensington. Okay. I think on. that we have to put I'm the in. interests of Americans I mean, first, he was secure our own border instead of somebody else's. He was referring and the reality is, this is also how we project okay. strength and by making America strong at home. Thank you. All right. We heard, go. heard the names. Let's, Governor let's, let's Christie first. All right, yeah. look. I did go to Ukraine, and I went to Ukraine because I wanted to see for myself Who's what funding Vladimir my Putin's campaign. army was I mean, doing uh, to the free Ukrainian people. And let me tell you, I want you all to look around this arena tonight and imagine that every one of these seats was filled. And if every one of them was filled, there would still be 2,500 more children outside to make over 20,000 who have been abducted, right. stolen, How many on the southern from border? their mothers and Chris fathers, Christie? and brought How many back kids to are Russia being sex to be trafficked on the southern border? To fight their own families. They have gouged out people's eyes, oh, cut stop off their it with ears, this emotive neoliberal shot crap. people in the back of the head, men, and then gone into those homes they and don't raped care about America. the daughters and the wives who were left as widows and orphans. This is, this is the Vladimir Please. Putin, this is the Vladimir Putin who Donald Trump called brilliant and a genius. If we don't stand up against this type of autocratic How about we stand up against Joe Biden, in the Chris world, Christie? We will be next. You were mentioned, Governor Haley. We'll come back. Vice Brett. President Brett. Pence was mentioned. You get 30 seconds. Yeah, well, let me, let me be clear. Anybody that thinks that we can't solve the problems here in the United States and be the leader of the free world has a pretty small view of the greatest nation on earth. Oh, is this the, this is the, this is the big, big, small neoliberal talking point. That's Christie's deal. He wears it better. democracy for years. The Reagan doctrine years ago made it clear. We said, if you're willing to fight the communists on your soil, we'll give you the means to fight them there so our troops don't have to fight them. Vivek, if we do the giveaway that you want to give to Putin to give him his land, it's not going to be too long for he rolls across a NATO uh, domino theory and frankly, embedded in the lie of neoliberalism. In real time, to go and fight him. Shallow thinking. Ukrainians fight and drive. Bought by the war industry. Back 
This was, this was the entire bit Romney campaign. Hundred percent. I have a newsflash. The USSR does not exist anymore. Yes. Mike Pence is like Mitt Romney. The real threat. You talked about the communists. And the real communists that we have to address right now is the idea what I, Vladimir Putin's aims are. Hold on. Spoke. Now I actually have to Finish it, Vivek. He's going to say the real communists are in our government. Hold on. You've made your point, Pence, shut up. President. Now, as you Pence, think, I'm sorry if I insulted him by calling him a communist. He is a dictator and a murderer. And the United States of America needs to stand against authoritarianism and we are driving Russia further into China's arms the Russia China military alliance is the single greatest threat we face nobody in either political party is talking about it and I am the only non-neocon on this stage will keep us out of war Mr. Vice President, to give Russia everything they've got, Mr. Vice President, give them a promise that Ukraine will never be in NATO, and then somehow China will not think about taking Taiwan. We achieve peace through strength. Mr. Vice President, America needs to stand for freedom. Okay, here we go. He will send your grandson to war. When we hear this bell, that means your time's done. So, Mr. Vice President, we appreciate your aggressiveness here. 30 seconds is 30 seconds. Mr. Ramaswamy, you were mentioned. You get 30 seconds. So, the reality is that today, today, Ukraine is not a priority for the, the fact United that States is being, of America. Put, put me, the and fact that, that Vivek is being booed by Republican donors makes me love him, and you should support him, too. These are warmongers that have done nothing good for our country. want to get to the point where we're sending our military resources abroad when we could be better using them here at home to protect our own borders, protect the homeland. All right. That will be my top priority in foreign policy. I think we gave you more than, than the 30 yes. seconds in the rebound. So I do want to get to some other people because everybody, uh, we, we respect everybody's Nobody time Nobody cares here. about so, Doug Burgum. Governor Haley, um, you did not raise your hand, meaning that you would support more funding for the Ukraine war. You have uh, said of Governor DeSantis that um, you, you didn't appreciate it when he initially called it a territorial dispute. Why? First of all, the American president oh, needs to have moral clarity. They need to know the difference between right and wrong. They need to know the difference between good and evil. When you look at the situation with Russia and Ukraine, here you have a pro-American country that was invaded by a thug. So when we want to talk about what has been given to Ukraine, less than three and a half percent of our defense budget has been given to Ukraine. If you look at the percentages per GDP, 11 of the European countries have given more than the U.S. But what's really important is go back to when China and Russia held hands, shook hands before the Olympics and named themselves unlimited partners. A win for Russia is a win for China. We have to know that Ukraine is the first line of defense for us. And the problem that Vivek doesn't understand is he wants to hand Ukraine to Russia. He wants to no, he let wants China to secure eat our border. He Nikki, wants to go and what a stop concept. funding Israel. You don't False. do that to friends. What you do False. instead is you have the backs of your friends. Ukraine is a front line of defense. Putin has hmm. said if Russia, once Russia takes Ukraine, Poland and the, the Baltics are next. That's a world war. We're trying to prevent war. Look at what Putin did today. He killed Pergozin. When I was at the UN, the Russian ambassador suddenly died. This guy is a murderer. And shot? you are choosing a murderer over, over a pro American. Stop country. talking about Anthony Fauci. <laughs>
First of all, first of all, first of all, Mr. Ramaswamy, you have 30 and, seconds. Mr. Descent, you know, Governor Nikki, Descent, I wish you well in your future career on the boards of Lockheed and Raytheon. The fact of the matter, Boeing came off of it, but you've been pushing this lie. You've been pushing this lie all week, Nikki. You want to go and defund Israel? You want to Okay, let me address that. I'm glad you brought that up. I'm going to address each of those right now. This is the false lies of a professional politician. There you have it. So you the reality make America is, less safe. you have no foreign me, policy experience, and it shows. And you know what? The, the foreign policy experience that you all have shows in the pointless wars of the So our relationship with Israel will never be stronger than by the end of my first term. But it's not a client relationship. It is a friendship. And you know what friends do? Friends help each other stand on their own two feet. So I will lead Abraham Accords 2.0. I will partner with Israel to make sure Iran never is nuclear armed. But you know what I love about Israel? And I've been there probably in the last 10 years more than most people on this stage. You know what I love about them? I love their border policies. I love their tough on crime policies. I love that they have a national identity and an iron dome to protect their homeland. And so, yes, I want to learn from the friends that we're supporting. And what puzzles no, me the, is, uh, no, I want to learn from those and apply you, those to protect our homeland, that Nikki. Israel that needs is the America. answer. America needs on? Israel. Okay, they Governor DeSantis, Governor DeSantis, you were mentioned at the territorial dispute. Not only... Uh, no, it's not so a territorial as, as dispute either. President of the United States, your first obligation is to defend Whoa, our country and its people. And that means... You're sending all this money, but you're not doing what we need to do to secure our own border. We have tens of thousands oh, wow. of people who are being killed because what well, we're not handling and both. And both so I am going to declare time. it a national emergency. I'm, I'm not going to send troops to Ukraine, but I am going to send them to our southern border. Okay, when that's the right answer, That is the right answer. Across the border, yep. that's going to be the last thing they do. We're going to use force, and we're going to leave them stone cold okay. dead. We're, we're actually we're going to move on to. China. We're going to talk He's about China. Okay. Though, Governor Burgum, China not, has the biggest navy right. in the Lebeca's world, the biggest army in the yeah, world. Lebeca. Now they have warships, warships off Haley. the coast of Alaska. They are threatening Taiwan. In coming years, China will have 1,500 nuclear warheads, it's believed. The U.S. just arrested two sailors accused of spying for China within our military. So the question is, how would you deter China as a president, Burgum? Well, this is the number one issue we're facing and of course we haven't been talking about it and we act like that letting Russia win in the Ukraine uh, is like a gimme as opposed to a gift to China. Russia has become China's gas station. But how would we do it? Uh, the Biden administration is a complete fail. China imports 10 million barrels of oil a day more than any other country in the world. They do not even have all the food they need to feed everybody in that country. So they don't have energy security or food security. But the Biden administration sends Blinken, Yellen uh, over there. Uh, they, they're, they're over there talking. They don't even bring up energy because they're too busy trying to kill the U.S. energy here. And what we need to do is not meetings, not press releases, uh, because something that would send a lot more than a press release is actually harpoon missiles. We need anti-ship missiles on Taiwan. The way that you have a war never start, which is the goal, the way you have peace through strength is that you actually have strength. You actually have deterrence. And what we have in, in, in what we've got going on in Ukraine is an example of when deterrence fail. What, we, what is an example there of Biden's disastrous withdrawal from Afghanistan? The fact that he greenlighted Putin moving into Ukraine. And then now they see weakness. And when they see weakness, they make a move. And we have to be strong and we have to be strong.
Um, both in Ukraine and we can solve the southern border. Absolutely, we can do that because guess what? There's only 19,855 uh, authorized people for the Border billion. Patrol, but they're not all staffed because cool. the Biden administration doesn't enforce law enforcement. But Biden administration wanted to put 87,000 people in the IRS as opposed to giving the money in the support we need to our own Border Patrol. Okay. Senator Scott on China, that same question. And I speak about China. Let's, let's fire the 87,000 IRS yeah, agents. Yeah, if only we had a senator on the stage. Oh, my gosh, that would be so helpful. Border Patrol agents. I just left Yuma, Arizona about two weeks ago. The most your, your, your buddy's need of the American people <laughs> yeah. from a national security <laughs> standpoint is our Freaking southern border. John's it has led lies. to the death of 70,000 Americans because of fentanyl. Plus, six million illegal crossings since President Biden has taken office and 200 people on our national security watch list have been caught at our border. How many have not been caught at our southern border? If we just spend $10 billion, we could finish the wall. For $5 billion more, we could have the military-grade technology to surveil our southern border to stop the flow of fentanyl and save 70,000 Americans a year. That should be the priority of this government. And as the next president of the United States, I will make that border wall complete. Thank there you. are many I more questions on China. Say, I do want to I ask want to say, about— I want to say I couldn't okay. agree more. It's not just the 70,000 from fentanyl. We've lost 200,000 people to overdoses since Biden took office. That's 300 people a day. We're taking mass casualties, and those aren't, that's a statistic, but these are sons and daughters, nieces and nephews that we're losing. We've got North Dakota troops down there flying night helicopter missions from San Diego to the Gulf Coast trying to stop these transnational criminal organizations. They've got better funding on their side than we've got on our side. Speaking of which, Governor Hutchinson, speaking of which, images from earlier this month, Governor Hutchinson with Mexico, with Vice President Mexico Pence, policy. images from we earlier this month. I, we yep, yep, yep. Vice President Pence, it really doesn't help. I'm asking a question. <laughs> earlier this month, he just got slapped by Brett Images showed suspected cartel members crossing into Texas with rifles. Do you consider this an invasion? That's a good question. Would you authorize good lethal question. force along that border? There would be lethal force used by the Border Patrol law enforcement as needed to protect the border. Absolutely. When you look at the military, the military has to be used for intelligence gathering purposes. This is not unusual. Whenever I was in the Bush administration, we went down there and met with President Vicente Fox of Mexico and asked his help on going after the cartels. And he looked at me and said, they're a problem to us as well. And so we joined together and we took down the Ariana Felix brothers leading the Tijuana cartel. And that made a difference. Ramon was shot and killed and Ben Amin was captured. Cooperation makes a difference. We cannot be successful going against the cartel unless we bring in Mexico as a partner. We have to use economic pressure to accomplish that. President Obrador has not been helpful, and we have to use economic pressure that this administration is not using. The rule of law has to matter on both sides of it. Okay. This is critical. I've done it. We know what needs to be done. The military has to be limited in its use. When After 9-11, we had the global war on terror, and guess what? 
we protected the border at the same time. You can do, do a both. very good job. Okay, uh, let's go to Governor DeSantis. So, as president, would you support sending U.S. special forces over the border into Mexico to take out fentanyl labs, to take out drug cartel operations? Would you support that kind of American military use? Yes, and I will Good do for it him. on day one. Good. Here's the, the right thing. Answer. The cartels are killing tens of thousands of our fellow citizens. You want to talk about a country in decline? You have the cartels controlling a lot of part of your southern border. We have to reestablish the rule of law, and we have to defend our people. The president of the United States has got to use all available powers as commander in chief to protect our country and to protect the people. So when they're coming across, yes, we're going to use lethal force. Yes, we reserve the right to operate. How many more tens of thousands are we going to let to die? I am sick. I've met angel moms throughout this country. I met a lady in, in Texas named Tracy, and her son took one Percocet that was laced with fentanyl immediately died. That is happening all across this country because of the poison that they are bringing in. So as president, would I use force? Would I treat them as foreign terrorist organizations? You're darn right I would. You know, Vice President Pence, Vice President Pence, why would you be better at this issue than Governor DeSantis? Governor DeSantis on the campaign trail refers to your administration as not finishing the wall. Right, right. Look, we secured the southern border of the United States of America and reduced illegal immigration and asylum abuse by 90%. When Joe Biden took over, he threw open the southern border yes. of the United States and the wave of humanity, the wave of fentanyl that's been eloquently described here is, is, a, is a wave of human tragedy across this country. But Martha, you began this evening talking about who is best prepared to be the next president of the United yeah, States. Who's been a politician the longest and I have to tell you, with is all how he humility, answers that question. I, I was there when we negotiated uh, through the government shutdown and got the funding available to build the wall. I was negotiating on Capitol Hill around the clock. You I negotiated the remaining Mexico policy on behalf of the president of the United States. And AC, you're so right. It's because we used economic pressure to bring the Mexicans to the table, and they allowed us to have people wait in Mexico while they applied for asylum and ended asylum abuse overnight. We got the Mexicans to deploy their National Guard to their southern border and, uh, and to our southern border as never before, and I want to promise you, as President of the United States of America, I will engage Mexico the exact same way, and we will partner with the Mexican military, and we will hunt down and destroy the cartels that are claiming oh, yeah. lives in the United States. Okay, thank you. Another issue that is related to this is that almost 7 million migrants have crossed this border, border our jumpers. southern border, during the Biden administration. So, Governor Christie, what would you do about the 7 million Deport who are here? How would you handle all. them? What would It'll you do? It'll say pathway to citizenship. Martha, the first thing we need to do is to stop any more from coming. 
That's the first thing we need to do. Then the next thing we need to do with the folks that are here is to, again, as we've talked about all night tonight, we have to have law and order in this country. We have to enforce the law. And what that means is to make sure that people who come here illegally are not rewarded for being here illegally. We have so many wonderful people from around the world who are waiting in line following the law to try to come here and pursue the American dream. And those people are waiting and waiting and waiting because we haven't dealt with the problem of the folks who are here. We have to have them detained. We have to make sure that they are not rewarded for having broken the law. And one last thing on this fentanyl issue. With China, we can't take our eye off of that ball. Yes, it's important that we secure the border. Very important, as I just said. But China is sending these chemicals to these drug cartels for them to create the fentanyl that is killing hundreds of thousands of our citizens. The Chinese are engaging in an act of war against us, killing our citizens. We better make that priority one in our conversations with China and to try to straighten that relationship out, because if we don't, we're going to lose more and more of our citizens. I just want to clarify, would you send those people back? Of course. You'd have to. We have a lot of That's issues right that answer. Americans care about. Good. Next up, we're going to talk about the crisis in education. Christy, as millions of American right, children let's lower the, are let's not lower the debate stream. Yeah. Charlie, lead us. No, I thought it was really interesting. Um, I mean, it just goes to show first what the Republican Party is without Trump. I mean, outside of Vivek, if Vivek would not be in the race, it would be a complete agreement on money in Ukraine, soft answers on immigration, kind of kid gloves with the administrative state. It's completely, completely different. And was I processing that right? Was the Young America's Foundation commercial about climate change? I mean, they're like little thing that they paid for. Did I see that right? Their ad, their ad was that. It was like, what, what are you going to do to convince young people that you, you really care about the, the climate change? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm being told that there's a clip here. This is uh, not the premier youth organization on the right. That would be Turning Point USA and Turning Point Action. Play cut 98. Polls consistently show that young people's number one issue is climate change. How will you, as both president of the United States and leader of the Republican Party, calm their fears that the Republican Party doesn't care about climate change? So we want to start on this. Calm their fears that the Republican Party doesn't care about climate change? So you like, pay- That's like what... That's like what a hit another group would do on on Yaf to like discredit them. To like have a guy ask that question with a big Yaf logo right off to this the is, side. This, this is like literally like an SNL version of Yaf. It's like it's literally if they were making fun of Yaf on SNL right now. It's so crazy. Jack, are you back? No, Jack. Jack was having eyes. No, I'm here. I'm here. He's going to join us for the. Jack's oh, he's back. Okay. All right. He is here. I'm here. Yeah, no, I was having this weird IFB issue where basically I couldn't hear the uh, the debate when people were, when there was crosstalk, and uh, it was just getting all mixed up. Anyway, it's it's my thing, but I'll be here uh, during and after. Look, I, I have a question. Does anybody know why it was that Governor Ron DeSantis also decided to skip the debate tonight? Because I know that President Trump didn't show up, but I was really expecting Governor DeSantis to show up, and yet I I, I have yet to see him do so. Yeah, I, you know. Jack, my take on it, and I was reading some of the comments online, a lot of people are keep saying, DeSantis is doing fine. He's 
And I, I, I think, I think Charlie, Charlie, you tweeted out something just a second ago. It was, uh, I forget what you said exactly, but you were like, he's doing his answers are like technically correct, but he's just not having a standout moment he needed. Yeah, but Vivek is soaring. Vivek's answers this about is, go back on the board of Boeing or Lockheed Martin, Nikki. Perfect. Yeah. This is this oh. is a great. This is a tweet I just uh, was forwarded by a friend by some. I think it's like a crypto guy. Pence is so old. He's still talking about defunding the police. He needs new talking points. He needs to call Chris Crispy a fat loser and to tell Vivek that his H-1B visa is about to run out to have a chance. <laughs> but that, but no, but the, the biggest takeaway I have, we're going to really dwell on this. Guys, t throw the debate once come back, is who the hell is in the debate audience? Tyler, you and I know a couple really good people there. But generally, Tyler, you're there. You, Tyler has boycotted. This Tyler's in Milwaukee. He had a ticket and he decided to be with us. Tyler, I am getting angry at how disconnected this RNC group is with the Republican base. Char Charlie, you have no idea. I'm like walking around. It's so funny today. You'll, you'll be so proud. I wore those little the little badges that <laughs> Rana sent. I, it's so funny. I wore these on my jacket today. You know, all the things that they trick old people with, you know, all the it's, it's living, we're living. It's You're such a, a good troll. <laughs> so, so I, I so, no, this is how scary it is. So I printed out those emails, the fake awards that they give people on emails to get them to donate five bucks. And I wore them all over my jacket and I walked up and some of the old people that are on the RNC were like, oh, how do I get one of those? I'm like, oh, my God. Like, oh, this, this is, is exactly this is, oh, this is manipulation. God. This is terrible. But we so need, just, like, just it would be such a free line. It'd be such a free line if you just had, like... Debate is back. Let's cut back. Let's oh, enjoy. Darn. For 15-year-olds and 13-year-olds, Governor DeSantis, you would eliminate, you said, the Department of Education. But as president, would you still have a responsibility to fix this crisis as we see it? Which crisis? Absolutely. The decline in education is one of the major reasons why our country is in decline. We need education in this country, not indoctrination in this country. He's got to stop Florida, with this scripted stuff, man. Florida, we stood up for what was right. First, we had schools open during COVID, and a lot of the problems that we've seen are because these lockdown states lock their kids out of school for a year, year and a half. That was wrong. We stood up. I took a lot of fire for that. I was, uh, I was pilloried by the media, but I stood for our kids. And as president, I'll stand for you and your kids as well. But we have to make sure that what our schools are doing is focusing on solid academics. In Florida, we eliminated critical race theory from our K through 12 schools. We eliminated gender ideology from our K through 12 schools. And we have elevated the importance of American civics and teaching our kids about the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. As president, I'm gonna lead an effort to increase civic understanding and knowledge of our constitution. We cannot be graduating students that don't have any foundation in what it means to be an American. Mr. Ramaswamy, Mr. Ramaswamy. It's DeSantis' strongest Mr. sweet spot. Mr. Ramaswamy, hold on, well, Senator Scott. Ron you said is who we that needed in 2012. the Department of Education, the yep. FBI, the ATF, the Nuclear Regulatory Commission, the IRS, the Department of Commerce, many of these should not exist. That's correct. So to the education question, how would you deal with the crisis? So look, we have a crisis of achievement. Let's shut down the head of the snake, the Department of Education. Take that $80 billion, put it in the hands of parents across this country. This is the civil rights issue of our time. Allow any parent to choose where they send their kids to school. 
and the teachers unions at the local level to allow public schools to compete and then revive our national identity where every high school senior should have to pass the same civics test that frankly every immigrant, including my mother, had to pass in order to become a citizen of this country. And the fact of the matter is, look, there's a part of education policy that also rests with the family. I didn't Anchor grow up baby. in money. But you know the word privilege gets used a lot? Well, you know what, I didn't Anchor have the baby. ultimate privilege of two parents in the house, with a focus on educational achievement. He said and it. I want every kid to he enjoy that. So part baby. of the problem is we also have a You're federal government that if you're an pays baby. single women more not to have a man in the house this than to have a man in the house, contributing on. to an epidemic of fatherlessness. I like and the I think vague, that goes but you're an anchor baby. You, you can't with do the education that. crisis as well because we have Same to remember education starts with the family, and the nuclear family is the greatest form of governance known to mankind. Your parents, there's got so much case law. Both your parents to be citizens. Playing in girls sports Hold is on. the women's Female issue sports. of our time. You said that even though you signed a ban on this in North Dakota, that there hadn't been one instance where it was actually needed. Are you saying that you think that too much is made of this issue? No, I'm saying in North Dakota, we made a priority of protecting women's sports, and we've done that uh, in our state. Uh, but I would absolutely do that. But I do think when we start talking about education and we think that we're going to have a federal government one size fits all, we're just completely losing track of the fact that education differs by state. Some, some school districts are doing a fantastic job, some less so. But the idea that every school district, state, and every teacher is somehow indoctrinating people is just false. Whoa. You know, when I was building a company from scratch, you know, with small town kids, and we went, you know, grew up in a town of 300, but we built a global company in 132 countries to with Gates. over 100,000 customers. We listened to those customers. We spent time with them. We talked to them. We did that. And as governor, well, education is one of the biggest part of a state budget. So as a governor, I go, I shadow a student. I don't, uh, the night before I find out the students, the student finds out, I'm gonna go to every class with them. I don't sit and lecture school districts how to do it. I go and see the experience. And there's a lot of things that have to change, but what needs to yeah, change I'm sure in they're education gonna be exactly is who they are when you're in the classroom. We're doing it the same way we did it 50 not. years ago with innovation, not regulation. I would get rid of the Department of Education. I would give block grants to schools, but I'd give them on merit based on who's doing the most innovative. I just got done holding the seventh annual governor's conference on innovation education. You should see what the people are doing when you get you cut loose the red tape, get the burden off their back. They care. Teachers in this country, the vast majority of them care about those kids. They're working in low paying jobs and they're fighting, fighting for those kids and their families. Governor Haley, you said that this is the women's issue of our time. First, I'll, I'll tell you, as you know, as a parent, the one thing you want is for your child to have a better life than you did. And we can talk about all of these things, and there's a lot of crazy woke things happening in schools, but we've got to get these kids reading. If a child can't read by third grade, they're four times less likely to graduate high school. So we need to make sure we bring in reading remediation all over this country. We need transparency in the classroom because parents should never have to wonder what's being said or taught to their children in the classroom. Parents need to be deciding which schools their kids go to because they know best. And let's put vocational classes back into the high schools. Let's teach our kids to build things again. When we do that and we allow that innovation, that's when it'll get back. And yes, I will always say I'm going to fight for girls all day long because 
strong girls become strong women, strong women become strong leaders, another, and biological boys don't belong in the locker rooms of any of another, our Another okay. point we, on we education. Are, is going to go uh, to you, Vice President. So this is a lightning round of questions. 30-second answers, please. Uh, President Biden will be 82 years old on Inauguration Day. Nearly 70% of Americans say that he is too old to serve. Should presidents have to pass a mental and physical <laughs> test in order to serve Vice President Pence? Well, I, it might be a good idea to have everybody in Washington, D.C. pass a mental and physical test. <laughs> uh, 30 seconds, no. The American people can make those judgments. But let me say, I'm, I'm running for president of the United States because we don't need a president who's too old. Because you care about Ukraine? And yeah, we don't exactly. need a president who's too young. We need a president who's been there. We need a president who knows how Congress works, how the White House works, how He's states basically work. making and the case for a career issue, politician. Martha, I was fighting against No Child Left Behind when Republicans were doubling the Department of Education. I'll also shut down the Federal Department of Education. And when I was governor, we doubled the size of the largest school choice program in America. And we'll give school choice to every family in America so, when I'm um, in the White House. This is a lightning round, Mr. Ramaswamy. I think you were mentioned there. You're 38. You're the youngest on the stage. You've said, and you just said, you want a civics test or public service for those under 25 to be able to vote. So the question is, do you want a mental acuity test for presidents over IQ, 75? IQ, I believe in the people IQ. of this country to tell the difference between somebody who's an automaton and somebody who's actually a thinking agent in the White House, which we don't have in there today. And I will tell you, I want to address Vice President Pence's comment. I think we do need somebody of a different generation to lead this nation forward. Look at the way I've run this campaign. Going to the south side of Chicago, to Kensington, in the middle of Philadelphia, where traditional Republican candidates don't go. We have an opportunity to build a multi-ethnic, working-class majority to deliver a landslide. And I think I'm the only candidate in this race, young or old, black or white, to bring all of those voters along to deliver a Reagan 1980 revolution. Same, We're going to do it in 2024. Same question. In a presidential election okay. until 2020. I, I will answer that. This I will answer that. What are they fighting over? Everybody's going to get listen, an action. Listen, get listen we're getting of this control debate. of the debate. This is a lightning round, not rolling thunder. <laughs> Governor Hutchinson, totally you have 30 that. seconds on the same question. <laughs> on education, first Sorry, of all, Brad. look at Arkansas. We have to compete Brad with China. Man. I built computer science education. I like we Brad, led the nation in computer science education. I think they're doing okay. Going from 1,100 students 23,000 students taking it. This is how you compete with China. As president of the United States, I will make sure we go from 51% of our schools offering computer science to every school in rural areas and urban areas offering computer science for the benefit of our kids, and we can compete with China in terms okay. of technology. Thank you, sir. By, by this, is gonna go to, this, is, this is coming to you. Um, I, I, we're trying to do a, a quick round of different topics here. So, w Senator Scott, faith is on decline in this country. You talked about it a little bit before tonight. So is there a role for a president of the United States in changing that? What would you do to change that? Well, our nation was founded upon the Judeo-Christian values that has made this the greatest nation on God's green earth. I'm a big believer in Ephesians 3.20 that God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or imagine. Our responsibility should be to model the behavior we want others to follow. On education, 
The only way we change education in this nation is to break the backs of the teachers' unions. They are standing in the doorhouse of our kids, locking them into failing schools and locking them out of the greatest future they could have. As president, Governor DeSantis, would you support some mandatory military service for all Americans? I think it should be voluntary. I'm somebody that volunteered to serve, inspired by September 11th, and I deployed to Iraq uh, alongside U.S. Navy SEALs in places like Fallujah, Ramadi. And it's uh, something that I think has taught me, you know, when you go in that, that type of environment, anything you have, your personal agenda, Man, you check it Trump, at the door. This stuff gets you so go boring. there, and it's about focusing so on the mission right? above all else. The and entire guys movement come was so boring and before Trump. Done. This is, and this I just is remember. I would view this is now like all this president. President. This the United awesome. States. It's not about this me. Like it's not about all these other side issues. My sole focus would be on your future and reversing this Can we not take Trump for granted ever again? I mean, this is all just the same thing, back and forth and back and forth. Governor Christie, do you believe that the recent spike in UFO encounters. Oh. <laughs> I get the UFO question? Is, yeah, you know. Come on, yeah, man. Yeah. No, but, but, okay, we've been hearing a lot of, we've been hearing here a lot of testimony in Congress, and people are taking this a lot more seriously, and we're hearing that, you know, there are things going on that people aren't aware of. So, if you were president, are you a UAP, Chris Christie? Level with the American people about what the government knows about these possible. Look, Martha, and especially coming from a woman from New Jersey, I, I think it's horrible that just because I'm from New Jersey, you asked me about unidentified flying objects and Martians. Um, we're different, but we're not that different. Um, look, um, of course, the job of the president of the United States is to level with the American people about everything. The job of the president of the United States is to stand for truth. The job of the President of the United States is to be a role model for our children and our grandchildren. And so whether it was UFOs or this problem of education, and Tim's right, by the way, and I started this in 2010 by going right after the teachers' unions in New Jersey and drove them down to an all-time low popularity rating because they were putting themselves before our kids. That is the biggest threat to our country, not UFOs. Okay. Well, coming up, we've got closing arguments. Plus, right after the debate, Hannity is live from the spin room right here. We're going to continue our stream, too, everybody, so don't go anywhere. We're going to. All right, so Tyler, can you elaborate? Who the heck is actually in the audience here? I mean, they're applauding, like when Chris Christie says we need to so, like indict Trump. Half the audience is applauding. Who are these people? Yeah, so let me. So on the floor is the RNC and the RNC guests. So that's the floor that's like right in front of the stage. That's where my empty seat is, is right right in there. So, and then along the wings, <laughs> you have all of the candidates have brought their, as many people as they, they could. I mean, this is Pfizer Forum. This is where they play the Milwaukee Bucks games, right? So this is where I got carded by the NBA for standing up and, uh, and counting down to at Giannis. So this is a huge, a huge venue. They could basically have brought, they could have filled this thing with like 20,000 people. They only brought a few thousand people, uh, a lot of few thousand people in, and it's mostly campaign staff and supporters. So yeah. So to the point that I think Jack brought up, or I think Blake brought up here was like, there's no, there's no Trump supporters in that. Yes. And, the, and the, these guys are still getting booed about Trump stuff. So yeah, so by each campaign gets tickets, that's obvious, right? 
and but then but then also like the very moderate consultants get a bunch of tickets it's so clear because i mean we know the base super well the rnc has to answer for this this is not a republican debate donald trump has 60 percent support uh, in this primary six zero percent it's the, the, more than that charlie it's more than that because of the undecided the front runner always gets about 50 percent of the undecideds yes so yes so so there's about 20 there's about 15 between 10 and 15 percent undecided so trump is really actually i've seen polls between 60 and 65 percent he's actually closer to 70 percent now at this point if based off of the historical precedence of undecided voters jack you're here for a second then we're going to cut back in when they get back jack yeah, one thing I've noticed, though, is um, it, clearly if we're talking about candidates with standouts, it's going to be Vivek. But I've noticed that he and DeSantis have largely steered clear of each other. I think he had sort of a, you know, pre-planned nickname for him. He keeps saying Super PAC Puppet, Super PAC Puppet, which is it's OK. I don't know if it really lands, though, because it's kind of wonky. I don't I just as a nickname, the analysis there, I just don't think it's a great nickname. It's something that you have to explain a couple of times. And any nickname that you have to explain isn't a very good one. But that being said, there really only seems to be one candidate who's got any fight up there, and that's Vivek. The other ones, uh, they only seem to, well, for some of them, like Asa Hutchinson and Chris Christie, the only time they ever get actually activated is, now obviously when Chris Christie sees a cream puff, or when he gets the opportunity to attack Donald Trump. Uh, so you can tell that these guys are absolutely being propped up by the same forces that want to see this ticket split to stop Trump from being able to, to uh, scoop up the nomination. But at the same time, you know else I haven't heard from anyone? An actual explanation of reading the room and understanding that none of these candidates are anywhere near in contention for actually winning the presidency. It's like they're all going through this this situation like, it, like it's completely meaningless. And I just gotta say, you know what, I, I Charlie, look, look, I thought this when, when DeSantis was giving a speech last year, it's what he said again. Does he not understand that the Iraq war is incredibly unpopular? That yeah, Americans I mean, but how about do not this? I mean, see this does not as a any positive of them thing that took place? Are, are, are at Turning Point Action Conference, 95% of our attendees said no more money to Ukraine. And they're all like shocked, shocked that neoliberalism is on the way out, on the way out of the Republican Party. Are, are they coming back? They got to be because they're almost done and they have yeah. to get closing statements in. <laughs> let's, let's throw back to them, guys. Not yet. They're still doing uh, Ukraine commercials. Not a joke, so, actually. So I just, I just want to say one thing. I, I cannot, <laughs> I can't get over. I the most surprising thing for me, for me tonight is the lack of DeSantis's show up. Like he is just simply not elevating. This is not his medium. I mean, I want, I love DeSantis in front of in, in a press conference, like ripping on reporters when he's the man. But when he has to compete for alpha status, like I just it's just not his medium. And, and, and the guys on the team will tell you I'm very, very favorable towards DeSantis in general. And so I'm personally very surprised that DeSantis is just simply not wowing me. He's not having his 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 breakout moment. He's a good governor. He's not good at the one upmanship or debate governor. or any of that. That's right. Are, yes. Look, there's managers and there's leaders. I'm just going to say it. There's Boy, managers there. and then there's leaders. Okay, cut, let's let's cut back and then we're going to have a, a post stream. The second Republican presidential debate on September 27th. It looks pretty nice there. 
20 years ago, 70% of American adults said they were extremely proud to be an American. That number has now plummeted to just 39%. In his pitch to get to the Oval Office, President Reagan called America the shining city on a hill, a beacon of hope and optimism. So in your closing statement tonight, please tell American voters why you are the person who can inspire this nation to a better day. These are 45 seconds, and we begin with Governor Burgum. I understand why America's hurting. Biden's inflation is choking us. I grew up in a small town. My dad died when I was freshman in high school. My mom, widow of three, went back to work. Every job I had growing up was one where I took a shower at the end of the day, not at the beginning of the day. Our, our cities are less safe because of the fentanyl pouring into this country. Our economy is being crushed by Biden's energy policies, which are raising the cost of every product you buy, not just the gasoline at the pump. One thing that I'll do as president, I'll secure the border. I'll get this economy sprinting, not crawling like it is right now. <clears throat> and I would say that other thing is for sure, when I'm on a horseback, in the Badlands of North Dakota. It looks like the horizon is just limitless. And when you can almost see beyond that horizon, you can see that this great country, our future is unlimited. But we've got to focus on innovation, not regulation. We've got to cut the red tape. We've got to drive ourselves forward. The way we win the Cold War with China is by growing our economy and through innovation. And as president, I will bring out the best of America. I will improve every American life. Governor well, we Hutchins. hope you're back on your horse soon, Governor. Governor Hutchinson. Our nation is in trouble, and it's in trouble because of failed leadership. And the solution is not four more years of Joseph Biden. The solution is not four more years of Donald Trump. The solution is new leadership that can bring bold ideas to America and to bring out the best of America. A president's number one responsibility is to bring out the best of our people. That's what Ronald Reagan did. And he did it with optimism and hope for our country, with a consistent conservatism. That's exactly what I bring. As president, I'll bring out the best of America in terms of individual responsibility, building our economy, in terms of securing our border, enforcing the rule of law. I'll bring out the best of America in terms of our national character, our faith, and our hope for the future. Join in this fight. Asa2024.com. Thank you. Senator Scott. <laughs> the website plug. Thank you. I was a disillusioned young man growing up in a single-parent household mired in poverty. I wondered if the American dream was real for a kid like me. I can stand before you today and say the dream is alive, it is well, and it is healthy. I had the good fortune of a mom who works 16-hour days making sure we have food on our tables. She taught me that if you're able-bodied in America, you work. If you take out a loan, you pay it back. If you commit a violent crime, you go to jail. And if God made you a man, you play sports against men. <laughs> I'm Tim Scott. I'm asking you for your vote. And if you're in Iowa, I'm asking you to caucus for me. You can go to votetimscott.com for more information or to make a contribution. Governor Christie. But wait, there's more. Thank you, Brett. Thank you, Martha. Look, everybody on this stage wants to be the next president of the United States. And the only way that's going to happen is if we beat Joe Biden. I'm the only one on this stage who's ever beaten a Democratic incumbent in an election. 
I did it in a deep blue state, being outspent three to one. Beating a Democratic incumbent is not easy. The last Democratic incumbent president who was defeated was Jimmy Carter. And he was defeated by a conservative governor from a blue state who knew how to get results, who stood for the truth, who cared about accountability, and stood strong and hard against waste. Those are the very things that I did in my eight years as governor of New Jersey, and it's exactly what I'll do as president of the United States. Believe me, the Democrats want some other nominee who's never beaten a Democratic incumbent. I'm the one who can win this race, and if you give me the chance, I will restore our country by winning it. Thank you. Governor Haley. Several weeks ago, I dropped my husband, Michael, a combat veteran from Afghanistan, off at 4 a.m. for another year-long deployment. I watched him and 230 soldiers pick up their two duffel bags of belongings to go to a country they had never been, all in the name of protecting America. If they are willing to protect us from there, we should be willing to fight for America here. I will beat Joe Biden, and he knows that. I will strengthen our economy, and we'll bring this inflation down. We will put transparency in the classroom. We will secure our borders. We will have the backs of our law enforcement, and we will make sure we have a strong national security. And once again, we will make sure we have an America that is strong and proud. We have a country to save. Join us. Go to NikkiHaley.com, and let's get it done. Vice President Pence. Well, she definitely brought in her supporters. Thank you, Brad and Martha, for this evening. It's an honor to be here. Joe Biden has weakened America at home and abroad. The disastrous withdrawal from Afghanistan, their war on energy, runaway spending that launched the worst inflation in 40 years, a crisis at our southern border, an assault on our values and liberties. And the American people have had enough. I need that pillow, Jack. Jeez. But I know we can bring it back. But different times call for different leadership. The Republican Party owes the American people the choice. Proven leadership at the national level that knows how to move a conservative agenda forward. We proved in the Trump-Pence years you can turn this country around faster than you can imagine. And I have faith we will again. Because I have faith in the American people. This whole good, decent, hard-working, faith-filled idea in like this country, person. and I have faith I know, would they that get God in is not like, done with America uh, yet. And if we will renew our faith in one another and renew our faith in Him who has ever guided this nation since we arrived on these wilderness shores, I know the best days for the greatest nation on earth are yet to come. Thank you. Mr. Ramaswamy. I was born in 1985, and I grew up into a generation where we were taught to celebrate our diversity and our differences so much that we forgot all of the ways we are really just the same as Americans, bound by a common set of ideals that set this nation into motion in 1776. So diversity is not is our, our strength. And this is our moment to revive those common ideals. God is real. There are two genders. Fossil fuels are a requirement for human prosperity. Reverse racism is racism. An open border is not a border. 
parents determine the education of their children. The nuclear family is the greatest form of governance known to man. Capitalism lifts us up from poverty. There are three branches of government, not four. And the U.S. Constitution, it is the strongest guarantor of freedom in human history. That is what won us the American Revolution. That is what will win us the revolution of 2024. Thanks for letting me introduce myself tonight. Thank you. Governor DeSantis. Governor? This is our time for choosing. We will send Joe Biden back to his DeSantis basement forgot he was and we will the, reverse the, debate. the decline of this country. I'm a blue collar kid. I work minimum wage jobs to be able to make ends meet. I understand the importance of the American dream and I know how that slipped away from so many millions of Americans will restore it. I'm a veteran who served in Iraq. I know what it means to put service above self. I'm also a dad and a husband to six, five and three year old. I understand the importance of protecting parents' rights and the well-being of our children. In Florida, we showed it could be done. I made promises and I delivered on all of those promises. 2024 is make or break. We're not getting a mulligan, no excuses. I will get the job done. And as your president, I will not let you down. God bless you all. God bless you all. Did he just say mulligan? Tonight, and thank you to Milwaukee. He did. Thank you, everybody. We will see you on the wow. campaign trail from debates to primaries to the general election. Did Asa election Hutchinson and the get a closing statement? I, get, I don't Thanks even remember it. Sean Hannity from the spin room starts right. All right, let's, let's cut. Okay, well, that was quite a thing. <laughs> Welcome, everybody. Now that the debate is over, we are going to give you our thoughts. Let's just talk about the obvious. The Republican Party without Trump is a total disaster. Jack Posobiec. Charlie, you know, one of the things, and I, I said this on the show uh, on Human Events earlier this week, that, you know, I was really looking forward to tonight was, okay, this is a look at the bench, right? Four years from now, five years from now, six years, whatever it is, uh, President Trump, after his second term, you know, we're going to be looking at the Republican bench, we're going to be looking at the movement, and supposedly these are the brightest luminaries. And I got to tell you, some of them look like burned out bulbs up there sitting or like a, you know, a smoke detector with the battery hasn't been changed. I mean, <laughs> this is the best we have, really. I mean, I, I see some I, I will say I see some lights. I see some interest there. But uh, by and large, this does not look like a good bench. And I think that the Republican Party really needs to get its act together and start attracting new blood into the system, because, quite frankly, if this is all we got, we're going to get absolutely going into 2028 could become a regional party again. I thought Vivek was, Andrew, by far the winner of the debate. He understood and read the room the best and the base. And he's going to be the um, he's going to be the great beneficiary here. Andrew. Yeah, I think I think a couple things. I, I think uh, Vivek hands down stood out tonight i think uh unpopular this is thought crime don't don't shoot the messenger it's just my opinion i think despite sounding like a complete neocon you know 90s early 2000s republican i thought haley had a couple good moments i actually I agree with Christ that no objectively I, I, think, I agree I, I think you're right yeah i think i think christy actually was entertaining uh this is something that gets uh, under blake's craw a little bit that that we want somebody who can entertain and kind of hold the stage. I mean, is that 
a qualification to be president? No, not on its face. But if you combine that with know-how and experience, sure. I thought I thought Christie had a couple of good moments. Um, yeah, but I, I would say I would say Vivek, uh, Haley, Christie. They all stood out to me. I was entertained when they were on. honestly. I liked when Mike Pence got on almost almost as like a foil though. I again mm-hmm. go back to this point. I cannot get over how much Ron DeSantis completely did not show up. And again, you guys know me in the chats. Uh, the audience doesn't necessarily know my my all of my personal opinions. I really, really like DeSantis. Uh, I've since I, I was wavering on whether or not I was a Trump or DeSantis guy early in January, February. I think like a lot of the base, we were sort of expecting Andrew, him we, to do we, more. We, we had some conversations, all right, back around this time. I remember yes, some late. I know. Nights. I, I, I know our audience is going to like hate me for that. Conversations about that. We yeah, did. I, I I know the audience is going to hate me for that, but I'm just being honest. Like I I wasn't sure. Okay, I I would say around March or April, I went back to saying like, listen, Trump's got this. He's got it, and and I'm really disappointed. I was really disappointed when DeSantis did not come out with Alvin Bragg when that indictment fell down and did not stand up and say something very strong. Instead, he I, kind I of I think that was it. That was the end of it. his campaign. Yep. Yeah, that he, he he ended it right there for me. And I remember I had a reporter call and I said, listen, you mark my words. His his polling is going to drop 20, 10, I said 10 to 15, maybe even 20%. And people laughed wrong. at you, Andrew, remember? People thought no. that you were, I mean, like, oh, but we know the base. Thought, we sp- no, we they, speak to the base yeah. every single day. They thought they yeah, thought I was, is- I was overstating the issue, and I wasn't. And, and so, again, as somebody that wants to re- retain DeSantis as a viable candidate for 2028, I want to see him excel. I want to see him have these great moments. I want to see him nip at the heels of Trump. I still think this is Trump's moment. I've become to, I've become convinced that this is Trump's moment. I want to see him nip at the heels, and I'm just not seeing that. That's my biggest surprise. I'm not surprised that Vivek came out as articulate and commanding, and I w- but I was surprised that the other candidates came after him as much as they did. I will say that because he was sort of alpha, you know, me- you know, on that stage, and they were coming after him. Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, that that's my take. Uh, I'm just surprised. I'm surprised that DeSantis can't rise to this occasion. Glenn Greenwald has a great tweet, Jack. Why don't you read it? Because we're getting so many messages about the audience. Then Tyler, I want about you to chime audience. in here. And and remember, President Trump called this out when on the very same topic I when remember. President Trump was attacking the. I think it was Iraq at the war, Reagan Library. He, it was, it was yes. at the Reagan Library. Yes, and it, he was calling out Jeb. Well, really, actually, no. So he was in it with Jeb, and then he was calling out George W. Bush, and he said, your brother lied to us and got us into the Iraq war lying about WMDs. Then the entire audience turns on him, the entire audience is booing, and then Trump goes, that's all your donors. That's what the RNC does. They put your donors in here. Listen to this. Glenn Greenwald, who was at the debate tonight, sitting, I believe, next to Marjorie Taylor Greene. Oh, good. uh, Glenn Greenwald just tweeted, all the seats that were that are heard on TV in the middle at the front, so where the microphones are, so in the very front near where those microphones are, they're reserved for big GOP donors. Trump pointed out in 2016 when anyone criticizing Jeb got booed, the party establishment connived to maintain control. We should see if we could actually find that clip. I see Tyler's got his, his pieces of flair. Required pieces of flair, <laughs> sir. Required pieces of play. Got player right there. Did we did we spend seventeen million dollars on that at, at turning point action? That this is this cost me a dollar to make. 
I made I made this for a dollar and I wore it and I think it's gonna save the RNC maybe ten percent of our fundraising budget if it, if it was successful. <laughs> So, so I, I, I mean, I thought tonight that DeSantis was going to get attacked the way that Vivek got attacked because I thought DeSantis was going to have to step up. DeSantis was nowhere to be found in this debate. He took this so pedestrian, I think so pedestrian, he's going to drop even more in the polls. Vivek came out as a fighter, so he was the one that got attacked. But Chris Christie did exactly what I thought he was going to do. He tried to dominate the stage. I think it makes him hated. He's the villain. He's the villain of this story. And everybody else is kind of like forgettable. Nobody remember. Nobody even thinks about Nikki Haley. Nobody thinks about Tim Scott. So, I mean, you, Vivek is going to come out and, and probably bounce like 5%, I, I think, out of this thing. Yeah, let's you, also, yeah, go ahead. If you made a list of the top 10 moments in this debate, would, would DeSantis even be in any of them? I, I suspect no. He just felt invisible to me, to be honest. And yeah, it's, it's, exactly that's what, what he needed. It's what I mean, he like didn't need. Doesn't have moments. Yeah, it's just it, it, he didn't need that. He didn't need that. That the, DeSantis needed to show up and show that he was presidential material. And I disagree with Andrew. Andrew said that uh, we need DeSantis to be. Well, I'm not disagreeing with Andrew, but Andrew said we need DeSantis to be the guy for 2028. I, I'm telling you right now, everything I'm seeing nope. out of DeSantis, he's Done. the candidate from 2000, 2012. There's no way he's ever going to get there. He's never going to be there. Never. No, I'd say I think he's definitively done. One, he. I don't think you're going to fix like Asperger syndrome. And two, <laughs> like it's just he, he's going to have a 15 percent approval rating when all is said and done. Here, that's just how it happens. This is how it unfolds within the Republican Party now. Blake, are you I regrowing think, the beard, by the way? No, I just I'm in South Dakota and I didn't bring a razor with me. So uh, yeah, we'll that's just, right. Uh, Grow a mustache. Grow a mustache. Do beard. it. And all right, do we have just... some Vivek clip clips? I think we do, right? We got some. And by the way, there are some spicy Vivek Nikki Haley memes. Very spicy Vivek Nikki memes, but we're not. We will not show them. We will not show them. Wait, 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 Charlie. No, you can't. No, Charlie. I didn't send that to you for um for the. Uh, I want to see of uh for the uh. But the, no, we're gonna. I'm actually gonna go back and delete that now. It's very, so, very spicy. I already that saved it. That was an accident. That was an accident. Jack, I didn't I, mean to send that. I already saved we're it. Supposed to do I don't, that. I don't know what you're talking about. So, um, <laughs> oh my God. Char Charlie has an alternate Twitter, Twitter and Telegram channel that no one will ever know. I about. feel bad Sorry, leaving our matters. audience out of these. these Play cut ninety nine. This Play cut ninety nine. Right. Vivek the Sorry. Slayer. Lord Indra. More people are dying of bad climate change policies than they are of actual climate change. Governor, right, Governor right, Haley, are you bothered? The death rate is down by 98% in the last century. Listen, listen, listen. Hold on, hold on. I've had enough. I've had enough already tonight of a guy who sounds like ChatGPT standing up here. His best moment. And the last person in one of these debates, Brett, who stood in the middle of the stage and said, what's a skinny guy with an odd last name doing up here was Barack Obama. And I'm afraid we're dealing with the same type of amateur standing on stage tonight. Come on, give me a hug. <laughs> give me a hug just same, like you did to Obama. The same type of amateur. And, and you'll help elect me just <laughs> like you did to Obama, too. Give me that the same hug, type of amateur. I love the give me a hug. I love the give me a hug, just like Obama. Just like did to Obama and help him win the election. Let's play cut uh, 98. Let's keep going through it. Oh, what is oh, that? Oh, that there was a meme Wait, flash. Someone, no, and then, then we'll do the meme flash. because. <laughs> <laughs>
It's a vow. That's it. It's gone. It's like Snapchat. It's like it's Snapchat. It shows it for two seconds and go. And then go. If you're listening on podcast, I don't know what to tell you. If this is your podcast, this is so bad. You're just not going to make it. Play cut 98. Lord Indra, strike down these neocons. Play 98. (laughs) No, no, not 98. 97. Not, Not that crap. Play 97. Let us be honest as Republicans. I'm the only person on the stage who isn't bought and paid for, so I can say this. The climate change agenda is a hoax. The climate change agenda is a hoax. And we have to declare independence for it. And the reality is, the anti-carbon agenda is the wet blanket on our economy. So what are they booing exactly? Were they booing the idea that he wasn't the only one bought? Or were they booing the climate change thing? Anybody? I think I I think he was boo. I I think they were booing again. The donors remember what what was said, right? The donors are the front row, and so he was saying everybody here is bought and paid for, and so the donors are going boo Vivek. I'm never going to support Vivek. I support Nikki. Like that's the first three rows, right? Like that's why Nikki has an overwhelming presence here. Nikki remembers best friends with Rana. Nikki, Nikki's like Rana's BFF. They like literally talk all the time. So she has like a, a significant overwhelming presence in this, in this stadium. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, one of the, one of the top, one of the top things I've received emails is just how disgusting the audience is, how, how the audience is just configured. <laughs> cut 107. Lo- this was play cut 107. This is live of uh, Vivek responds to criticisms about his honor. Play cut 107. <laughs> that was <laughs> That was uh, simultaneously both Pence and Chris Christie on the on the ground. You know it's Christie but you can't get back up. That's not whoop. Oh my that's, goodness. That's Chris Christie going for the munchkins. <laughs> it's oh okay. We're on Rumble, Blake. We're not on radio. Oh my gosh. I shouldn't laugh that hard. All okay, right. So, hey, I want to address I want to address something with Vivek. I'm getting a lot of this. Uh, I think, uh, Blake, you were mentioning you were in a chat that was having this response to Vivek. I mean, a lot of people, and, and there was actually some, some comments, Charlie, in your Twitter feed about how Vivek comes off kind of like a young whippersnapper, like a twerp. Uh, I think that chat GPT line Who uses line that hit. kind of language? Yeah, what's that, Jack? No, I, sorry, I was just saying, yeah, there's a, there's a, there, I think there's a generational thing, right? That, that same type of language. You know, this guy comes across like a young whippersnapper. I mean, like, look at the people on this show right now, right? You know, I don't think any of us are over 40, right? Um, well, so this, to be clear, this was young friends of mine who were saying this. They're okay, all in like my okay. age range. And they were, it was that like, it seemed like he was interrupting a lot throughout the debate more than other people. And that the one line a friend of mine said is it was like he was really trying, he was like an aggressive salesman. He was trying to sell me something in a way that was not entirely flattering. On the other hand, I have a friend whose wife until tonight did not know that Trump had been indicted. And she thought Vivek was great. So we can take that for, for what no, it's but worth. I think it the takeaway be... is total chaos. Vivek won, but like there's no winner because Trump is up 50, right? And yeah, that's the point, yeah. Yeah. right? So, yeah, yeah, I mean. Yeah, but, v- 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 but Vivek showed something really important. 
I think the, the turning point for Trump back in 2015, 2016 was when, when Trump showed that he could take on all these people at the same time. So Vivek yes, was right. up there. Vivek was up there taking on Mike Pence and taking on Chris Christie and taking on Nikki Haley. And so I'm telling you right now, what's going to come out of this is people are going to go, oh, my gosh, I really like Vivek. You know why? Because he smiled and laughed at Chris, fat Chris Christie while he was going after him. He smiled and, and laughed at Nikki Haley, who's a neocon, who was like arguing for Ukraine and more war. He smiled and laughed at Mike Pence because Mike Pence said, I'll go slower for you because you little brown man. Like, no, this that, is that like, was so bad. It was like, you, what are you, the help, Vivek? Like, whoa, Mike. It reminded me of that. Oh, it reminded me of that. that with, oh, go ahead, Tyler. Go ahead. I, I was just going to say this one thing. Remember on The View when What's Your Face Osborne was like, Donald Trump, if you kick out all the Mexicans, who's going to clean your toilet? It was exactly. like a much more – it was much more you nuanced will. thing. You will, John. But it was like basically Mike Pence did the same thing in a much more nuanced way, which was like, I'll go slower right. for you, you dumb little I, brown I think guy. Most of these like, oh, my God. In a serious country, most of these candidates would actually be scrubbing toilets rather than any, anywhere near the presidency. But <laughs> it, when it really comes down to it, I, I think one of the reasons that Vivek and and maybe this you know isn't for isn't for everybody, and I get that. But I think one of the reasons that he's able to resonate is that he's actually like some of these candidates talk about like it's some kind of bygone era, like it's the 1980s, and oh, we're just going to focus on the debt ceiling and we're going to focus on on tax reform, but. He actually seems like he's dealing with the country as it currently is. He feels like he actually lives in the world and is talking about things that are going on all around us. I mean, he's the only one who actually addressed the prosecution of Trump in the way that I think it deserves. Wait, what's funny? What's funny? <laughs> this is so good. Show that Ryan put it up on screen. <laughs> a, a new picture has been found uh, in the archives. Oh, no. Um, oh, no. In 1992, Donald Trump was trying to build a Trump Tower, New Delhi. Oh, no. And when he was, oh, no. When he was, I saw it. When he was trying to build uh, Trump Tower, New no. Delhi, he bends over to a very off, awfully <laughs> impressive young man <laughs> and says, one day you will fight my Bombay. fights for me. This is you, you will be my vice Trump president. Bombay. Okay, so, all right. I think, so I think, do, oh, go ahead, break. Well, go I ahead, think Blake. there is a question that will emerge. <laughs> there is a question that, that has to come out here, which is like, okay, Vivek did the best here. DeSantis didn't do great. So let's say that plays out. DeSantis drops in the polls. Vivek goes up, gains momentum. We actually have to look towards a reality where Vivek is polling at 25, 30% in oh, the yeah, polls. Absolutely. And they've got the narrative, he's rising. And so the question that they didn't ask him at this debate, and I wish someone would ask him is, one, like, okay, Vivek, you're the most pro-Trump guy of all these candidates. Why are you running against Trump? What is what is your reason to people vote for you over Trump? And I'd kind of be interested in seeing that. And I do wonder, how does how does this entire primary play out if suddenly, like, now you actually have to pick between Vivek and Trump, and it's not just Vivek as this, like, Trump cheerleader mascot guy yeah, but then, then in a field trump of 10 what, people then trump does what trump does and vivek will go down i'm just being yeah like, but then i do wonder what will that look like you know we've said all these nice things about vivek and then trump says something funny about vivek's h1b visa expiring and then it's just like you know blows up all of his popularity and then you know, where are we then i don't know
Okay, I, I, I mean, let's I do play have a piece a, of tape. You know, oh, yeah, you go want ahead. to go to a piece of tape? Go ahead. I, I, I was going to make one point, though. I mean, do we, you know, Trump said he kind of joked on True Social that he wanted to watch the first debate so that he could pick up, see if any of them would make a decent vice president candidate. Now, Charlie, you have publicly floated two names, I think, prominently. That Ron would be Johnson Donalds. and Byron Donalds, yeah. Byron Donalds and Ron Johnson, yeah. Ron Johnson, kind of, we, we say it's his superpower because he's, like, super base, but he's boring and can talk to, like, the the people that were in that audience, right? The, the, the donor class get Ron Johnson. They could go, like, play around a golf with him at the country club. Uh, but he's very, very based. He's on our team. Um, and, and the Byron Donalds. Besides that, do we? I mean, do we have any clarity? If you're Donald Trump tonight, do you look at that audience? Do you look at that 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 stage and you say, who who could be my number two? Who could be my running mate? None of them. Not None. a single one of them. And, None and of them. Vivek, not, even, not even Vivek. De, no. De, your best your best people up there are DeSantis, who's 2012. You have Vivek, who's 2032. You have Nikki Nikki Haley, who is a distant third, in my opinion, at it's two thousand, and everybody else is is weak, is way too weak to and and and, and useless. Uh, let's play. Like, Sorry, that, I was yeah. Let's here. This this was probably Vivek's best moment, and honestly, the part that I was looking forward to, which is the foreign policy contrast. Play cut one eleven. Yep. Credit to Vivek Ramaswamy. This takes courage, and he was clear about it. And all the other neoliberals—they're all on board for Ukraine first. Play cut one eleven. The U.S. has committed nearly seventy-seven billion dollars in aid to the Ukraine war. The administration is now asking Congress for twenty-four billion dollars more. Regardless of that, the specific specifics of that plan. Is there anyone on stage who would not support the increase of more funding to Ukraine? We would, would not Europe, support it. Europe needs to step up. I mean, I, I would have Europe step up and do their job. Right, Mr. Ramaswamy. Anyone want to take this? Blake, you, you know, your, your own personal feelings aside, this is significant. Only one candidate really stands with 95% of the voters. It, well, it really does. It stood out to me the most that even on this, like, very easy thing that DeSantis is just not, like, he's, like, not alert enough or not paying close enough attention to the questions. So he just sort of... He has to pause and sort of awkwardly raise his hand. And so he just gets wrecked on this extremely easy thing because Vivek has the energy to just throw his hand up really quickly. And oh, I win this question now because I put my hand up the fastest. And that stood out. What That's what stood out the most to me is that, like, this is an easy freebie where you could have at least tied Vivek on it. And instead, you just you just let Vivek run away with it. And he's, like, awkwardly being like, you're up. Europe has to step up more. So wait, do you, what do you even want? And it just looked very blah for him. And that was what, that's what the debate was over and over for DeSantis. It's not that his answers were specifically horrible. They just weren't, they just weren't very good. I, so I screenshotted that um, on Twitter and it's being, I mean, it's going pretty hyper viral right now because, and I don't know if we have it. Oh yeah, the picture. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. We this, have it. Let's this, put that up. This, mo- this moment. Do we have the actual picture that's? Yeah, I, I got it. I, I put I'm it. I'm grabbing it. I put I'm it. I'm grabbing in it. Because this is yeah, this really it. is. All right, we'll we'll talk about it. But I, I I think that when you saw that, it was a a natural reaction. And obviously, there are so many moments within these debates that are pre-scripted, that are pre-canned. Uh, every debate does it. Every every candidate does it. 
And I, I really do think, by the way, that towards the end of the debate, I think DeSantis was getting tired. I think he was getting gassed. And there it I is. thought his, his final um, his closure was quite scripted. So this is a, this is a, and I wrote, this is the difference between a hand raise and a limp wrist. And so you can see the two candidates of which I'm referring. Uh, one has his hand raised, just the normal way someone raised their hand. And the other one is sort of flippantly in the middle you know, flailing his wrist around saying, well, I want Europe to do that. And it, it, it exactly matches. So his body language here actually matches his answer, which is his true answer, where he's not saying he, he doesn't have the ability to come down on one side or the other on Ukraine, because on one hand, he wants to win the nomination. And on the other hand, he is absolutely beholden to super PAC donors. And Vivek Ramaswamy is right about this. He's beholden to these donors who will not let him say that he is beholden to them. And so he's caught in this weird sort of, you know, phantom zone where he can't actually come out and say what needs to be said about Ukraine. Yeah. Okay, let's play another piece of tape. Anyone have a comment here? We're going to go for a little bit longer, not too much longer, because we all have shows tomorrow. But um, Tyler, please. I was just going to say... you know, I think coming out of this thing now, you have clear – you basically have a clear four people. I think everybody's going to dismiss Chris Christie as like a, a reasonable candidate, like even people that like him back east and in the northeast. You've got you've got Vivek. You've got uh, Nikki Haley. You've got Tim Scott. You've got Mike Pence. And you've got Ron DeSantis. So you got five. And I think that's probably if, – if the RNC is smart, they'll, they'll narrow the field so they, they actually have a debate. Uh, in the in the future, maybe can get Trump there, uh, but they're not going to do that. And so, what I think is going to end up happening is you're going to see more divide. Uh, I, I think people are going to really come away from this thing and go, "I miss Trump. I want to see Trump. I want to see more of Trump." Uh, like I'm I'm really angry at you know the party for not making this happen the right way. And if Trump's smart, he's going to have a really important stage tomorrow to say, you know, I really would have liked to be there. I think Vivek did a really nice job. I think X, Y, and Z, his, you know, his normal responses. But, you know, I have to be able to not just get attacked 24-7 by my own party. And so when you can create that, that, that ecosystem, that space, that environment for me, uh, where we can actually have a debate about the policies and issues that I've been talking about since day one, uh, then, I'll, then I'll come. But I don't think he's going to do that until they can demonstrate that. And I don't think the RNC is capable of doing that. I really don't. Yeah, and I mean, Tyler, just to go back, I just want to remind our audience, drumbeat, the basic stuff, the staffing and ballot chasing, that's what should have received a ton of attention, not, you know, whoever's <laughs> opinion side. Excuse me. Oh, Charlie, you're exactly UFOs. right. Where, where, was, where, was the, where was the discussion of how we're actually going to win in 2024? Yes. Where was the discussion of, of ballot chasing, ballot harvesting? That would have been uh, a really voting. good question, where was right? The discussion, where's the discussion of, of election point, integrity? Oh, well, let me so actually, let me go. January 6th, but where's the question of, of challenges, of getting these votes, these, these states done? You know, we're talking strategy here, but we haven't even focused at all on the actual logistics and tactics of winning an election in the real world, rather than saying, oh, when I'm president, I'm going to do this. Yeah, when I'm president, everyone can have free ice cream. But how the frick well, are you really, actually going to really win the election? I want to blow up a bit about that, or it's like, I think it's not going to come up, but like Fox should get some crap for... You know, I know they did their best to you know, manage the debate, but I thought the questions were actually 
very bad and not just like but it was it was like often they were trying it was what CNN or something would often do to try to set up Republicans like one they throw in this like big abortion this, question this, to like yeah. really hot box them and be like are you going to sign your six week ban federally which is exactly what CNN does in 2012 where it's like objectively we just know that's not going to happen and so they're only doing this so they can be like the extreme Republican Party won't stop talking about abortion but like we don't have a question that's like. What are you going to do at the federal level over people having their kids like taken by the California state government to tranny them? Precisely. Or like well, on immigration. This is what happens okay. though, Blake. I mean, you look, I, I, I will say with it, I think Brett and Martha, given the marching orders from corporate, did a good job. Better at regulating the fire. But Blake, why do we not have questions the Republican voters care most about? This is a Republican primary debate, right, Blake? Yeah, you, you think. Uh, but even even if it's not what you know, most of them, because I feel like most of them would say, what do you want to hear about? And they would be like, I want to hear about how they're going to stop the indictment of Donald Trump, which, OK, throw in the question about that. And they kind of did. Like they asked about pardons, but they all should have asked, like, I, I do. I do think TV debates are kind of horrible because they're designed for very canned statements. They're designed for sound bites and they're designed to just suck. But. You could you at least try and be like, okay, you say you're going to stop, you know, the weaponization of the DOJ. What, what are you going to do besides, one of them said, like, I'm day one, I'm going to fire Merrick Garland. Merrick Garland is a Democrat AG. He'll probably resign anyway. Like, who cares? Oh, I'm going to fire Anthony Fauci. Fauci's like 84 years old. He'll probably be dead in 2025. Why are we worrying about this guy? Anymore. Uh, yeah, he's probably already retired. No, he said just, that, I think that was Mike Pence, wasn't it? And he said he was going to fire Chris Ray. to be It was fair. just... There was definitely someone who was going to fire Fauci, and there was definitely firing Merrick Garland in there. And it just yeah, Tim Scott. Tim Scott said it I'll just get rid of stop. Merrick Garland. Like, is that Tim Scott? All right, yeah. Like you're going to appoint a different attorney general? Like, like here's a question they could have asked. Yeah, like what, here's what something about I would the other love 4, to know. Thousand appointees. What about like, the other four? Yeah. If we want to put some heat on Vivek, just be like Vivek. What's your policy on legal immigration? Like that would be fun for people to know because you know. We've asked him that, and he's like been like, I'm not, you know, I wasn't sure yet. And I'd love to know that. I'd love to have them talk about that. And there's a lot of issues you can ask about and be like, hey, Republican candidates, give us your 15-second spiel on what you want to do. And instead, like, it's we deliberately are leaning into the lamest soundbite version of GOP politics. And yeah, no surprise, if you do that, you're going to get a really lame soundbite version of GOP politics. And it's going to be unbearable because none of these guys are as entertaining as Donald Trump is. Donald Trump can make any debate exciting. Like we could at least, uh, I don't know. I just, I hate, so, I hate debates I, so I mean, much. Honestly, though, yeah. I, I thought the, the, one in, the one instance, and Jack, I actually would love your perspective as like, you know, the Catholic vote and Tyler as, you know, the kind of like, uh, you know, the oh, Latter-day Saint vote. vote and then like, <laughs> well, I, 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 yeah, exactly, right? Yeah, there's the the certain certain variations of Catholic. I get that, but I, I did actually find myself keying in on this abortion uh, topic, and a lot of them sort of like hemmed and hawed. Nobody was willing to sort of like take a very firm line, as was my impression. Uh, but you know, I do think it's an open question for how do you handle it, right? I mean, and I actually I go back to. Trump during the CNN town hall with Caitlin Collins when he said, you know, listen, I, it's a very sticky issue. Acknowledge the fact that it's a sticky issue. And then he said, I'm going to make the best deal for both sides. I mean, that's a very Trump answer, but I, 
and I understand that that leaves a lot of wiggle room, but I think that's what he wants. And I think we all understand that about Trump. I don't know at this point as somebody who's deep into the weeds on this, how we're going to handle the abortion topic when these, when these uh, propositions are getting shot down across the country. I think it's a, I think it's an open political question. I know we're all pro-life here, but how do we handle it politically? I don't have clarity after this tonight. So, Jack, you just put something on Telegram, and we're going to go about ten, five or ten more minutes, probably five more minutes. Jack, read us what you just put on Telegram. It's really smart. Look, I was going to say this. Uh, wait, I put a fuck both things on Telegram, but do you, do you mean about the thing the that's The last one. Tomorrow? Donald Trump is being yeah. arrested Don, by the okay, Democrats. Yeah. So, Donald Trump is being arrested by the Democrats tomorrow for the fourth time, and the candidates were up there shouting about school choice. This is Help so, exactly me understand. Right. Help yes. me understand if this is where we are, like, do you understand what time it is? Do you understand what part of the movie we are in? This is not the beginning of the movie where everyone's trying to have a conversation and figure out what's going on. No, this is open political warfare. This is, this is the opposition candidate being put in change. He's going to get a mugshot tomorrow. He's actually going to be put up against a wall and have his photo taken like a common criminal and you've yep. got members of his own party up there acting like like it's all it's like it's all completely normal normal course of business it's a joke it's an absolute joke and i'm 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 this close to fed posting about it let's go around the horn andrew we're going to talk about this on our show tomorrow jack will as well but we really didn't talk much about the tucker trump interview what is the initial reaction andrew on the tucker trump interview well, I said it before I, I, to, to Blake's point where he was talking about how the questions just didn't address the heart of the issue. I give Tucker credit. I, I thought his promo was maybe better than the interview itself. I have to say his promo had everybody salivating over watching this thing. Uh, but I think it was I think some of the stuff I mean, Tucker asked Trump, it's loaded as 113. Uh, if you're asking, Charles, a longer clip, we could play it. But do you think we're moving towards civil war? I mean, he asked about Epstein. He asked about, do you think, are you worried about getting assassinated? Um, I mean, he asked some very, very pointed questions. Uh, and so, like, hat tip to, to Tucker Carlson. I think he asked the right questions. I think, you know, whether or not Trump's answer satisfied, I think it's up to the audience. You know, I don't know yet. I'm, I kind of, I'm going to disagree there, where I think the temptation everyone falls into with Trump is they'll ask him, you know, do you worry about getting assassinated? Do you worry, like, what are you, what's your thing on Epstein? Uh, what's your thing on JFK? And they'll ask that because it's like, well, Trump's a really wild guy who says a lot of interesting things. So if we also take the most wild, interesting questions and make him answer that, we'll get something amazing. And it really almost never happens because he'll kind of just divert and talk about He's actually insanely else. disciplined about the like yeah. 10, 12 wild mm -hmm. topics. That's yeah, what people actually don't like. He's way more disciplined than even like your typical politician. For sure. And to complete the thought, what actually where you get the most interesting Trump things is someone go, sorry. Uh, you where you get call, the most Blake? interesting stuff. It's uh, not mine. Uh, it's where you get the most interesting stuff is. You'll get the most interesting Trump takes when you ask him, like, about policy stuff. Like, what's the most famous stuff he did in 2016? Oh, what's my solution on immigration? I'm going to build a wall, and Mexico's going to pay for the wall. Or this cycle, where they ask him about, you know, drugs coming over the border, and he just sort of wings it. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to execute the drug dealers. And, you know, all those people I released from prison under criminal justice reform, if they reoffend, they're getting executed. 
And, you know, we're getting wild stuff on sort of, you know, very mundane topics. So what's sort of strange is I think the missed opportunity is if you ask Trump a very basic policy question, you'll often get a very interesting answer that can totally shake up the debate. Like they would ask him about schools and he would just be like, yeah, you know, I think our public schools aren't aren't doing great. We should uh, we should fire all the teachers. We should make all the teachers nationwide reapply for their jobs. You know, he just make up something like that. And then five years from now, it'll be the GOP platform because of that. That's a fun take. I like that. All right. Yeah. We, we are going to pick this up tomorrow. Jack, uh, you are, what, 2 p.m. Eastern every day, right? 2 p.m. Eastern. Eastern. And you could check our show at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. So it's a couple hours from now. we got to start show prepping. Something tells me, Andrew, <laughs> we're going to have a lot of content tomorrow to go through. Email us, as always, freedom at charliekirk.com. Hit the uh, subscribe button, guys. We'll see you next Thursday. This counts as our thought crime for the week. Obviously, went Wednesday as a live reaction. I'm glad we did. God bless you guys, and we will see you tomorrow. <laughs>